Examine life as men, confronting tough issues, raw and unfiltered, keeping it real while keeping the balance. This is the KTB Podcast. Yes, sir. Welcome to the KTB Podcast. I am your host, Ernie, and I've got with me my man, Red. What's up? Come on, somebody. Let's go. Yes, bro. It's been so long. Too long, man. It's been, it's been, we've been busy. Yeah, we've been really busy. And then life and then trying to get on the schedule and Yeah, yeah. Schedule's changing and with my work and and then family time and Family time. You already know, man. Gotta gotta make time for that. Yeah, yeah. And so <clears throat> it's getting warmer out, so we're doing a lot more uh, activities and stuff. Yep. Apologies for the long hiatus, but we are back. We are. And we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us. Yeah. And also uh thank you to everyone who listened to that um are we uh are we hurting our kids are we, are we, are we messing up are we kids? messing up our kids part, part one two and part two part one and part two we got good feedback from Bro. that and um and kudos to those who listened for the whole hour and a half and also those who heard that um that special uh one-time offer of the five dollars through cash app we had uh i believe uh three or four people who uh who took that challenge on completed a ho- the whole hour and a half and they got $5. So That's right. Thank you for for listening that far sticking it out with us. That means like that we're actually putting stuff out that people want to hear. That's right. And if I could just just take a moment because there were there were people that that listened to us and listened to the whole thing but but didn't request the the $5. Right, yeah. That it spoke spoke to me like some some teenagers came up to me and was like, "Hey, yeah. hey Mr. Ernie, but how about them 5 bucks?" And I was like, "You listen to the whole thing?" And they're like, yeah. yeah and I'm yeah. like, no way. Send an email. He's like, no, no, no. It's cool. Was it George? It was good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and I was like, bro, that's awesome. So shout out to George. Give him a hand clap real quick. It's for you, George. And also my man, the leak, the leak. Yes, sir. He went ahead and wrote us. I want to go. I want to go ahead and read out oh, yeah, what he ahead. said. And he emailed us. He's like, hey, get, hey, hey, guys. And he said, I love your podcast. Y'all are funny. I get good nuggets and information from you guys. Don't stop the podcast. Keep doing them. May God prosper the KTB and bless both of you. Thank you. Man. Amen. Hey, come on, man. That is amazing. Another shout out to my man, Dave Smale. He went ahead and reached out to us. And uh, he, he said, great episode, man. That was amazing. Uh, and you know what? Also, Kathy. I'm going to go ahead and give you a shout out, Kathy. Kathy were, she was one of one of the first ones that first listened one. to it mm-hmm. the whole way. And yep. yeah, she enjoyed on the, it. On the day that we dropped it. And not only that, but then she talks to me afterwards about how her family mm-hmm. listened to it. And she's one out of four sisters. Right. And my my brother Milton and his wife Zulema, mm-hmm. they, they have four be- beautiful girls. They're all adults pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. teenagers. We You got one tween. And so they're all older, but they all listen to it. And everybody was in the conversation of of like, no, you're this type of parent. You yep. know, you're this. She was like, of- Kathy was like, she was like, my mom is definitely authoritarian. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but then you got Milton, though. He's super lax, man. Oh, you man, know, he's super chill. You know, you yeah, definitely see, see that he's one of those firm type. But so thank you all for yeah, listening you. to the podcast, to the episode. Yes. 
hand clap to all you guys. You guys are the true MVPs. Yeah. And with that, we want to give a shout out to our our social media. Right. Um. Yeah. So you guys, we like the feedback we just got. It really, it's really motivating to see that stuff, and we we definitely like hearing it because it, it gives us a uh, a reason to keep going, we, and it lets us know that people are out there listening to what we're putting out, and that we're putting out stuff that is helping people and letting us know that we are helping you out. It keeps us going. It keeps us motivated because sometimes, you know, you wonder if anybody's listening out there and that kind of feedback just rejuvenates us and brings us back. So um, continue to send that feedback. You can send that feedback to a couple of different places. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the KTB podcast. And if you want to see and send an email, you can send that to KTB podcast at gmail.com. Like I said, your feedback is amazing. We love hearing it. It keeps us going. It's the reason why we do this. You know, we're not just out here talking to the wind. We like to talk to real people and hear back from real people. So thank you to everybody that Ernie mentioned. Absolutely. But, I, but I'm, I'm forgetting two main people. Uh-oh, man. Who are we forgetting? And that is Miss Crystal Rain. Yes, my mother. All right, and uh, she went ahead and messaged us directly. Oh yeah, yeah. Through Instagram, and I just want to read a little. Yeah, bit read of that it out because it was pretty awesome. She said, "As far as parenting, I feel like each child may need a different way of parenting according to personality." Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. And she says, "Also, as a parent gets older, you learn society changes, and you may need to tweak it, as well as things are different now from when she was born." And she went ahead and put a date out there. And I'm not going to do you like that, Miss uh, Rain. All right. So I'm not going to put your date out there. <laughs> but she said that it's a different world today back then than what it is today. Right. And she she expresses, you know, her uh, sorrow for this generation that they're, you know, that they're being raised in. Because when she was younger, the entire block was was your parent and everybody looked out for one another. Nowadays, you don't really see that a lot. And yeah. it also depends on where you're raised at, you're you know, raised. and the culture and stuff. And like she was that. raised in New York. She was raised in New York, and that's not easy. Yeah, and it's know? not like that now. But back then, it was, hey, everybody look after themselves, yep. you know? I know that I couldn't get away with a lot of things, because, and and I used to call my mom's friends uh, snitches, you know? But <laughs> they were just looking out when my mom was working double right. shifts, you know? Right. And so, amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for your feedback. Thank you, Ma. And also, uh, Raymond Durant, the uh, second? The junior, because I'm the third. The junior. Raymond Durant, mm-hmm. junior. Yeah, we have our first subscriber, yeah. which is amazing. Thank you, thank you for supporting thank us. Thank you for supporting the KTB podcast. And and there's also his wife, um, Nicole. Uh, she also said she wants to support the podcast in some way. That's amazing. I, I've yet to touch bases when I'm on that, but she definitely wants to invest into the podcast. That's so. amazing, man. That is so amazing. That that that's encouraging, you know, it to is. us as because we're we're imperfect. <laughs> yeah, imperfect absolutely. Men. Imperfect fathers, and we're just uh, trying to keep the balance right. and share our story with you guys, you know. And so, just want to give you guys a hand clap for that and a shout out. Thank you, thank you so much. Now on to the main event. Main event. What is the topic on today? What are we talking about? Man, Father's Day. We're recording this Sunday night, June thirteenth. Father's Day is exactly a week away. Yep. And we've got so many different topics that we can cover, that we've talked about, that we've seen, and just different things. But it's crazy because a lot of different topics that we've talked about kind of fit into a huge bubble that is Father's Day. Yeah. And it it would only be right or suitable to put out an episode and do this recording 
for Father's Day. So I this one we're gonna do Father's Day, but from a millennial's perspective. Mm. And with us to help us with this, we have our brother Daniel Herrera. Yeah, we'll yeah. Go ahead and welcome you out. Welcome in, brother. Thank you, thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Hey, my man. We love having you, man. Yeah, thank you. I gotta be honest. I did uh, listen to your po- uh, the parenting podcast. Yeah, but I, I you know keeping the balance, keeping it real. I gotta be honest. I guess I didn't uh, <laughs> follow through to the end because I didn't hear about that cash app. <laughs> but in, he's in, kicking in, himself now. In my defense, uh, you know the the conviction really sat in, and I had to like reflect on my parenting skills because oh, I, wow. I do have a son. Uh, he's he's two years old, so you know he's still growing in a very uh, adaptable stage. So, you know, I had to reflect on my parenting skills. I, I was talking with the wife, you know, like, "Hey, am I this way? Am I that way?" So, uh, you know, that, that that's defense. awesome, man. Had to bounce it off the yeah, wife. Yeah, so it was really good, man. Re- really helpful for that's me. That's awesome. Thank thank you for that feedback. And I know you sent me a text message also saying, and which is which is really really awesome. How about you uh, tell us about what your family looks like? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm married right now. We've been married for about five years. Uh, we got a we got a son. He's two years old, and we got a kid on the way who'll be due in a couple months. So August, expanding right? the family. Yes, August, August. So um, let's you know, go. I don't know if it's a boy or girl yet. Yeah, y'all, y'all both don't know, right? We don't know. No, we wait until the baby's born. They're actually waiting. Yo, until that's that's the baby's tough. Born. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I thought it was that, gonna be a little bit tougher. I'd be but, so uh, I'd be so anxious, bro. Yeah, it's just the name. We're like going back and forth. You know, we don't yeah. know if it's gonna be a boy or girl. So you know, but but you do uh, have one solid one solid name for each, right? Uh, yeah, yeah we're narrowing it down. Name Narrowing it down. <laughs> it's going to be at the spur of the moment type Cutting thing. it close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely uh, ready, ready for this family to grow. So. That's dope. No, that's that's pretty awesome. So we, we wanted you to join us because, you know, as we were talking about having previous conversation a couple of nights ago and uh, just talking about different ideas. And actually, you were the one that kind of helped spark the uh, putting pieces together when it came to, hey, maybe having a Father's Day type of of uh, of pos- a podcast theme, and so because we were on the topic of fathers of our fathers, and you were expressing you you were telling me about yours, you know, and and how your father was at home with you, and so I I, I always like to mix things up, right, when it comes to this and the KTB podcast we here at, at keeping the balance, we uh we we like to introduce a little bit of chaos, a little bit of diversity, and then at the end balance it out. And so, in your case, your father was present in your life since you were a kid. In in my case, my father wasn't there from the age of seven, I believe, is when he left. And in Raymond's case, yeah, uh, for me, it was um, it was really young. So it was like I, I believe I was three or four, and then uh, he came back into my life, and then out again. And then back, and then out again. It, it, it's it's a it's a long story, but yeah. We'll 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 get into it and yeah. and and un and unpack that as as a conversation continues. Right. But, so I like he, to. He gave me he gave me the freedom to talk about it. Too, I, so. I was going to ask. Yeah, man, I talked is, to him is, about is it. Okay, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome that your dad is, is is. I mean, like it is what it is. Yeah, and so that's 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 beautiful, you know. And this is for the world to hear, you know, right. just 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 different perspectives, you know. And so that's where where the chaos, the unscripted, comes in. And uh, because it's unfiltered, we did we didn't practice this. We just had me and you, Daniel, had a conversation separate. Mm-hmm. Raymond wasn't in the mix of that. Yeah, we just had some tacos. Now we're, we're out here. We just had some. So, yeah, now some, we're out some here in the tacos, man cave. And now we're 
yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. Parent, you know, fathers could be a, a touchy subject. So, you know, I would ask my dad for permission, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind, you know, yeah. you know sharing yeah. a little bit about his life. Uh, you know, no, nothing bad. So, Right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So b- before we, we dive into it, I just want to give a genuine highlight to all the dads out there doing the best that you can to raise your kids. Let's get a, let's get a hand clap, man. I, I really, really want to highlight. Uh, and and another shout out to all the single dads that are trying to do their best and raising their kids by themselves. Man. Come on, we we got to give it up to them because that's tough to be a single dad and try to do this job, uh, especially in today's generation, it's a, today's society and culture. Uh, it's it's not an easy task. The so, odds are stacked against you for and sure. And I know a couple of guys, yeah, Sing, no, single and, dads, and I know a couple of single guys too. Really dads good too guys that are, that are young, you know, yeah. and that they're 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 trying, man. That's and noble, man. It is hard, you know, and and so I give it up to you guys. But as as for that, Daniel, how about you? Tell us, you know, what life was like with your dad, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. I think you hit on hit on it uh, in the beginning with the millennial thing, right? Because it's a whole different era. It's a whole different uh, age group from my dad, from his dad, you know. So uh, I think it's more relatable with the millennium now. But uh, for me personally, like like you said, my dad was involved in my life. He was uh, he never stepped out of the house. Uh, so he was always involved. But he showed uh, the way he showed his love was a little bit different than 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 you would think. So he was a you know a good father. He was always involved. He he worked his jobs. He just you know like most people, most men have their own issues. His issues happened to be alcoholism. You know, mm-hmm. dabbled in drugs a little bit. So that that put a big hindrance on uh, how we seen things as his kids. You know, I have a older sister and a younger sister. So we 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 we've seen those actions that he took and it, it was it was hard to take him serious so like i said he was involved he he was a uh i don't remember the, the the definition of parenting but he was affectionate he did show love um but if he wasn't working he was drunk <clears throat> so it, in in my eyes i was like okay are you telling me you love me because you're drunk or is it because right. you actually genuinely feel so, that so he drank that much that it would be like I can't tell the difference whether he's being him or if this is the, if it's the alcohol talking. Yeah, yeah. So he was a functional drunk, if that if that can be a, a phrase. Yeah, he, no. he functioned. No, he wasn't. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, Function, yeah. Functioning alcoholic. There you go. That's what it is. And uh, so he, you know, my whole, as soon as I can, uh, you know, paint a picture of who he was, that's, that's, that's who I see, who I saw. So it did, uh, it did put a little, a little bitterness in my heart, if if you can use those words, and it, so it was tough. So, like I said, he was involved. So I know I know some parents weren't involved at all, and that 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 can cause a big hole in someone's heart. But for me, it was just it was tough to see him, you know, be doing drugs or, or drinking it, and and to tell me you love me, then why do you need to, you know, fill fill yourself with all these other things? You know, we as a family, we should be enough to provide that for you. If, right, right, and you and you. You recognized that as a kid. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't, uh, you know, there was no shame in it. I'm not going to hide it. You know, I'm going to drink in front of you. You know, I, uh, I mean, it's very personal, but I've seen him light up some pipes on the on the stove in the house and doing drugs. And it's like, man, right. like, you don't you don't care. Like, you don't hmm. care that we're here and we're seeing you. And I say all this just to say, though, that he was, like I said, he was involved and he did show love. But 
me as a kid in that place, I just didn't see, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to see what, what, what's the, the biggest, uh, picture. And that's, you know, the drugs. The that was, that drugs. overshadowed a lot yeah, of other so things. So in his eyes, he's like, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm providing for you. Cause he did. We never went without, you know, and he was always there. Um, definitely actively involved, uh, you know, when it came to, uh, you know, what you think of a dad, right? A mechanic, uh, he can he can mow the grass. He knows how to do all these things that that men need to know how to do. And he did teach me that, or at least try to. But like you said, to bring in the balance, right? For me, uh, man, I was just I was just a rotten kid, man. I didn't you know I didn't care about any of that stuff. He wanted to show me, teach mm-hmm. me, because of the other things that I seen in his life. So right, it goes both ways. He yeah, he might have not been the best example in that sense. But me as as a kid, I just didn't want to hear any of it i didn't want to see any of that that he was uh trying to teach me you know life right. skills and everything so he like i said he yeah. was a, a really good dad involved but. so it was i, I believe from the com- conversation that we had you said that he was that it was hard to take him serious when he wanted to be serious and actually teach you something right yes yes and yeah. that it was because of he was always drunk or or high or whatever mm-hmm. and you really couldn't take him serious like nah come on man you trying to teach me now you just is it yeah is it because, like, you feel like you lost, like, a little bit of respect for him as a man? Yeah, yeah. I felt like, you know, uh, I mean, as a kid, I didn't really know where, uh, mm-hmm. how to, you know, reciprocate res- respect. But I felt like nothing was coming to me, so why should I respect right. you? And, uh, which, you know, now I, I see it. I was like, man, you're just a dumb kid. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what, what I don't I didn't know what his background was. I didn't know what his life was beforehand, how his dad was with him, you know. Mm-hmm. And how and he it, got to that point. Yeah, yeah. So it was... I had a very twisted heart at the at the moment when growing up, you know, so but uh like one thing I do want to say is that he was there, you know. He never mm-hmm. once was like I'm out here. I don't want to raise no family. I never seen any of that. He loved my mom, never put his hands on her or nothing like that. So right. it was it was a unique situation cuz like you said, normally someone's either not involved, actively involved or, you know, off and on like I think right. you said. So mm-hmm. It was a definitely a unique situation for me personally, at least. I grew up with a lot of friends that didn't have dads in their lives, so you know, mm-hmm. if I if I come venting to them, they'd be like, "Oh, well, I don't even have a dad," you know. So at least you have one, and so for me, no, I I couldn't uh, relate with a lot of people because it, it it's not that often that that's a situation. Right. So, question: um, When did you like first realize that your dad had that? Like, when did that come to your attention that he was drinking a lot and you know doing drugs or whatever? Like, how old were you? Uh, as I mean, as far as I can remember, I think I was probably like middle school. So I would say like 10 years old, 10 years old. And I just asked that question because, you know, I think sometimes we don't realize how much our kids are actually seeing. You know what I mean? Like our kids are very, very absorbent, like observant and absorbent. I said that by accident, but But it's true. It's true. Like they're seeing everything and then they're taking it all in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're able to process that at a very young age, you know? Mm And then if you're, if you're, it, that's why it's so, it's so crazy, you know, and you got to be careful not to, not to be the hypocrite because your kids know you, Yep. you may be able to, you know, lie to everybody else. But when you get home, they know, they know who their dad is. Yeah. <laughs> you can't hide that from your kids. Yep. Absolutely, man. And so, wow, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's interesting, man. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. We're going to, we're going to dive into a, a couple of things with that here in a little bit, but. Raymond, I, I, I want to hear about you, man. You know, tell us about, you know, your experience with your dad, you know, since we're reflecting okay. right now. Well, um, 
So my, uh, I grew up in New York, in, uh, in Queens, New York. And, um, you know, my mother and my father, they were together at the time and whatnot. And um, so without getting into too much detail, um, they both, you know, got into some trouble with the law and they went to jail for a short amount of time. Um, you know, my mother got both of them at the same time. And I actually came here to live in Virginia, in actually Norfolk with my with my aunt. She lives here now. She comes over. She's she's come out to church a few times, actually. But um, I live with my aunt Peggy when um, I was about... I don't know. I want to say I may have been three or four years old, somewhere around there during the time when they were when they were in in, in, uh, in prison or locked up or whatnot. Um, and uh, and then they got out and my mother, you know, she she got she got it together. She learned from that situation. Um, but my father, you know, he he got into it again. And so he went away again. And um, let's see. So we, at the time when he's, he's incarcerated, uh, you know, I have two sisters as well, one older and one younger, Mm -hmm. uh, we have different fathers. And, um, so my little sister was born and so forth. So I've always had some kind of father figure in my life, but nothing that like stayed around for too long. You know what I mean? Like the minute you start to get attached to gone he's gone you know and so uh i think i think that that affected me when it comes to um like showing love and affection to my boys and i and i've i've talked about this in previous podcasts but it really it took it took a toll on me and and how i'm able to express love to another man you know what i mean because of those those situations growing up and you know men being in in and out of my life father figures and so uh, you know, later on in, in my, uh, in my teen years, my father came back into my life and, uh, uh, what happened? Uh, I joined the military and he got in trouble again and went away again. And it wasn't until a few years ago, like three years ago, maybe four, it's been, it's been a little while that he's, he's, you know, he's, he's been releasing we we've kind of started trying to rekindle those that relationship and it's and it's been good you know and and you know by the by the grace of god i've been able to forgive him for everything he's done you know um me personally i don't i can't you know i was i was bitter cuz i'm like how could you do something like that like how could you you know leave your family and so on and so forth but you know just like you said you know you never know what somebody's going through or, you know, how he, how did he get to this point and stuff like that. So I, I, I learned through my salvation to have a lot of forgiveness and compassion. And through that, I was able to forgive him. Okay. And so we, we have a, we have a good relationship. Uh, it, it's not the, it's not the best, but it's growing, you know, naturally the way it, it should, you know, cause things over time, it takes time to rebuild a relationship and trust and, and, and love and things like that. But if you heard the intro to this podcast, that was my dad. He did that beat. That was him speaking. You know, he, he, he's when he wants to be in my life, you know, and I respect that. And, and there's always redemption. And I think that that's very, I'm, I'm glad that we're at this point where we are now, given where we came from. Yeah. Even though there was a lot of time lost. Yeah. A lot of time lost. That's, that's something that, you know, uh, 
diff, diff, different birthdays, different special events, different oh, yeah. different life changing events. Right. You know, that that he had missed out on, that, mm-hmm. that he wasn't there for that. And so you guys could be able to have that where he's 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 wanting to reach in. Right. And you're you're allowing him, which is awesome, you know. Yeah. Not not holding anything against him. Yeah, that I mean, because I want a relationship with my dad. You know, I do. And then I also want my boys and my daughter now to have a relationship with their grandfather. Right. So I'm, you know, taking a step back outside of my own issues and looking at the bigger picture. You're looking for the greater good, you know? Right. No, man, that that's, that's, that's awesome right there. And I know Daniel, you got something similar to that too, right? Where it was, uh, you, you had to do something with all that bitterness that you had, right? Can you tell us a little bit about that, man? Yeah, definitely. So like I mentioned, you know, I was very bitter with him, you know, the decisions he made. Uh, so you know, I was about, 19 going on 20 years old and I decided you know what um you know I was still living at home and my dad was still doing things actually he got worse to where he couldn't hold a job anymore you know so now it was like I'm I'm providing for the family and you're not wow so it was like you know it was just twisted right I was I, I was I was like you, you you know you've gotten to the point where you can't provide so you know I was like you know what I'm done with this I'm joining the military I'm gonna get out so I joined the military left uh you know, I'm from California originally and then got stationed in Virginia. That's all the way across the country. So I was like, cool, my problems are gone. I'm, you know, I, I escaped them. I'm good now. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with any problems, you know. And uh, something in my heart, man, was just like, if if your dad passed away tomorrow, you know, and you guys have the relationship you guys have, how how would you handle it? How would you feel? Man. That's deep. And, I, man, I just broke down. You know, I, w- I was staying at a, a house with some guy, some random dude that I met in the military. Uh, I was married at the time, but my wife was still back home. So, uh, yeah, I had that conviction in my heart, and I was like, "Man, if he, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself, you know, if 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 that happened." So that day, I called him, and uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure he was drunk at the time, you know. But we had a heart to heart conversation, and I, I told him, "Like, look, I know you did your best. I know I know what you know. The relationship we had wasn't the best, but I just want to tell you that I do forgive you." And, you know, I want to try to make things right, you know, as much as we can, whether it's, you know, hash things out and talk about it. And we did. And we we got we had a a very awesome conversation. And so I felt, you know, uh, after that conversation, I felt good. I was like, you know, hey, we're good. We're good. But I still like days later, hours later, I still had that bitterness in my heart. I told him that I forgave him and I told him that, you know, everything's okay, but. I knew it. I knew deep inside it wasn't. It wasn't fully. It wasn't fully gone. Started remembering some things and yeah, yeah. I I would see something or you know I was I had my fair share of drinks and alcohol. You know, growing up as a kid, uh, you know, parties and stuff. But I always told myself I'm never gonna be like my dad. I'm not gonna. Mm. I'm not gonna drink. You know, my problems away. And I wouldn't say I was at that point, but I definitely was dabbling in it a little bit. And and I was. I'm pretty sure I was on that same path. Right. So yeah, it was it was it was it was tough, and then I like I said, I seen those things play out in my own life. But like I said, I had I still had that bitterness, I still had that that hatred toward them. It was it was it was pretty bad, and I didn't I didn't realize it until we, we you know we we got we got here to Virginia. My wife came. We had a, a a nice little apartment to ourselves on our own for the first time. So we're like, oh man, you know we made it. We're you know we're doing good. <laughs> we're adults now. Yeah, yeah. We're adulting. We're, we're adulting. We just <laughs> we're, heard that. We're adulting. That, uh, that term, adulting. So. We're adulting so hard. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know what? We got we got invited out to a church. They gave us a flyer, and we were only married for a couple months, and we we're already having our issues, you know. And and we we're like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign. We should go. We should yeah. we should try it out. 
So we go to church. Uh, you know, it's awesome. We have a good time. The preaching's awesome, and and we just get well. I get convicted uh, with with that bitterness that I have in my heart. And uh, you know, I I said I for I said the words I forgive you, but I never actually did. And uh, you know, I I I I've learned what it was to really forgive somebody. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, you know, I had a you know we went back home uh, for vacation. So I got to see my dad and um, he was still doing his, his own thing and still do still stuck in his ways. Uh, but me personally, I had changed. I, you know, I was a different man than the last time we had talked. So I went to, uh, you know, I went up to him, had a heart to heart. We had a conversation. Uh, you know, I, I, I can honestly say I truly forgave him at that moment. Oh. But, you know, just because I forgave him didn't really change the situation. He didn't like, you know what? I'm done with this. You know, right. he still right. did his own thing. Him. That yeah. was for you. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have asked him, but I did give him an ultimatum. I was like, I gave him a hypothetical ultimatum. I told him, if you had to choose the alcohol or me, you know, if I told you, hey, if you keep drinking, I'm not coming back, what would you choose? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he said, I'd probably choose the alcohol. Oh, wow. So, and this was after you forgave him? This is after, yeah, after we already had the conversation, that's, you know, we, we mended the relationship, but that's we, a deep one. He right said it. That just, know? that goes to show, man, how, so, how, how much of a grip that yeah. can have on oh, somebody, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't say it gets worse, but it, I mean, it, it goes on from there. But at that moment, you know, I was in a good place where I was like, he, he's drunk at the moment. So, you know, it's fine. You know, before I, I used to think he's drunk. He doesn't mean that he loves me, you know, this and that. But now, now that I got my heart right, I was, in this case, I was like, well, he's drunk. He doesn't know exactly that he's saying yeah. that he chose the alcohol. You know, so I had a little bit of a, a brighter perspective on it. But it did hurt, you know. It's, yeah. It hurts to hear that, you know. But R- Real quick, I yeah. want to go back to something that you said. Um, you said you realized that you were drinking and you saw that you were going back down the same path that your father was going down. Yeah. And that was a big uh, deterrent from you. To continue on that path, right? I wouldn't say it would deter because I, I, it didn't slow me down. It didn't slow you down, but you saw, you but noticed I did. it. I did notice it. You yeah. noticed it in yourself because I, I think about stuff like that. Like you yeah. think about what you've been through and and how your father was with you and the things that you went through with your father, and you're like, you can either fall into that same trap in that same cycle, or you can say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and the way that I felt, and I'm gonna make sure that I don't pass that down to my children. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to make sure no matter no matter how bad, you know, the finances may get, no matter how bad the marriage may get, I'm going to stick it out because I don't want to put my kids through the same thing that I've been through. So you can kind of use that negative as a motivator to to be a better father or, you know, be a better mother, parent yeah. to your children. Right. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was interesting that you said that. Yeah. And we can get into that more. But I do. You know, there were some things where I was like, oh, I'm never going to be my like my dad in this area, in this area. Yeah. With my kids, you know, and, uh, you know, I've heard, I've heard that I mean, that's not the best perspective to have sometimes. But there was a lot of things where I was like, I'll never be like this. I'll never be like that with my with my dad. But. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, though, he was, you know, so we had the heart to heart. And we forget we forgave each other. So it, I, I left I left hurt. But. Not better, you know, in that moment. So I could say it got better from there. Uh, I don't know if you want me to keep going, but, you know, there's a whole lot more to it after that. We're kicking it, bro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like I said, he didn't stop. You know, he kept doing what he was doing. And um, so I came back to Virginia, living our life. Uh, Then I get a phone call. Like, it's my mom. And she's like, hey, your your dad. So he's always had health issues. 
underlining not just because of alcohol but because of other things and so he's in the past he's had um seizures and stuff like that oh, so wow. I, I was used to it i've seen him passed out on the floor you know had to call the ambulance and that's came scary him up. yeah um so this time she's like hey no he had a stroke and oh, he man. hit his head he's bleeding the, the doctor by, by this point he's in the the er he's unconscious he's in a coma so uh you know we, we get a flight as fast as we can and we we go to California to see him, and he's in a coma. And uh, at this at this moment in my life, I've I've been in the church for about a year now. Uh, been hearing the preaching and different things, so I'm in a whole different place than I was before. Mm-hmm. So you know, I didn't have to deal with that. Oh no, you know, I'm gonna have this regret if he passes. I was like, no, I want you know what we have is so good. Now I want it to keep going. So. Uh, you know, I went and, and you know we we're there and we we're helping up helping him as much as we can. But he was in a coma, so I didn't really get to have any conversations with him. I was there for about a week, and he was in a coma the whole time. So uh, you know, we did our best. We prayed over him, and we were, I was asking God, like, man, you know, just I don't even know. So my mom was in such a bad place because it's a whole other topic. But my mom had a rough relationship with him because she's seen the same thing I did. Right. Mm-hmm. So she had a, and and she was living in that regret, like man, if he passes, I don't know, I'm gonna, you know, regret it. Yeah, they they regret probably it. had an argument, probably the last time that that she saw him. Yeah, yeah, because so going deeper into it, they you know, they're both in my life, my whole life. They're both active, and they lived in the same house, but they didn't have that love anymore for each other. Yeah, you, and I, and it was obvious because you could feel that as a yeah, kid. Yeah, I could feel that because. It was like, hey, we're just being parents and we're raising you guys the best we can. So it's like we're 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 here for you guys, not really for each other. Yeah. We're not in love anymore. Yeah, and it would and and maybe I got uh, you know I don't know, but my like I think my dad still had that love for her, but the the just how consumed he was, my mom just had no interest anymore. Yeah. But but for the kids, they'll stay together. Mm-hmm. So that probably had a, a big factor in in the whole parenting style for me, but. Yeah, so she was living in that regret. So she was like, I can't make a decision. I'm putting all the responsibility on you. On you? Yeah, so I had to make the decision. Whether to pull the plug. Pull the plug. Or... And like I said, oh, he, was, wow. he was in a coma for a week. And uh, they asked me, you know, I, I've never experienced anything like that. So the doctors are asking me, hey, if if he if he goes, do you want us to resuscitate him? And I was like, I, I don't know. Well, you know, I'm, I'm 21, 20, 21, 22 at this time. Wow. I was like, I don't, you know what? Who am I to decide if someone lives or not? So right. uh, I called my pastor and I was like, "Look, this is a situation," and he's like, I, "I can't give you an answer. All I can tell you to do is pray about it. You know, ask God and, and he'll he'll guide you from there." So that's what I did, man. We prayed, and uh, so they asked, and I was like, "I'll resuscitate him because I, you know, I want I'll, if there's any chance of him living, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see him again." So. They did, and they actually did go into cardiac arrest, and they resuscitated him. So they asked me again, hey, if it happens again, do you want to? And then that time, you know, I prayed about it again, and I was like, I don't know if you'd want to live this life. You know, so I told him no. I told him no. If he, if something happens again, don't, don't resuscitate, resuscitate him. him. Because yeah. you were looking at him, and it's like, man, that's no way to live. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in a coma hooked up to a yeah. ventilation. I don't know if he's ever really going to come out. You don't know. What, and yeah, how, exactly. How long had he been in? The coma. He said a week. A week. A week. A week. Yeah, it was he, a week. A full week. week. Well, it was about like five days at that moment, but yeah. And so, then he went into cardiac arrest. Yeah. And then he resuscitated him. Yeah. Rest, resuscitated him. And then they asked again, and I told him no. And uh, the crazy part is that he never needed it again, but he was still in a coma. So I left. I, you know, I could only be there for so long. Military, you know, you got duty and all that stuff. 
So you I was to only come back to Virginia. Yeah, because it was you know, it was an emergency leave. So I came back after a week, and uh, man, I was I was I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I was like, look, it's in your hands now, God. You know, take care of whatever whatever it is. <clears throat> it's gonna happen. So uh, sure enough, a couple of days later, he came out of the coma. Wow, uh, came out of the coma. Was on a breathing tube and some other things, some other situations. Uh, but he was he was alive and functional. And uh, little by little started progressing, progressing. And uh, let me thank God he's alive to this day. Uh, so he did have a stroke. So um, half of his body is paralyzed. Yeah. Well, not paralyzed, but it's limited function. So he mm. can he can move. He can he can walk a little bit. It was with a pretty water. heavy stroke. Yeah, bad, bad, bad. Um, he had uh, brain bleeding and they couldn't oh. they couldn't do surgery because of the area it was. So Wow. He was in bad shape, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it was bad. He's, he's he's lucky to be alive. He is. He is. And and man, it was tough to live with that because I was like, man, like, what if he doesn't like the lifestyle he has now? It's my fault, you know. Because of how limited he's kind of handicapped now. That yeah, he is. He is. But uh, I mean, from the moment I've, I've never asked him, hey, do you regret being alive? You know, because nobody wants to be asked that. Right. But just from the body language, the relationship we have, he, he's enjoying life. You know, so that's good. Uh, it made me feel better. But uh. Yeah, so it was a tough moment, but I, I thank God that we had that relationship, man. Because if we didn't, and I had to go through that that stuff, I'd I'd be a, you know a mess. Trying yeah. To deal with it. So we did repair our relationship before that, and uh, since since the accident, it's been about three years now. He's still you know still working, trying to get better, but uh, we have an awesome relationship. And um, I tell him, man, I, I'm sorry for just being a dumb kid, man, and not mm-hmm. not. For being not, a brat. Yeah, just for being a brat and not understanding what you were trying to show me. Yeah, you had your problems. You, you know, you were dealing with some things. But in the end of the day, you were there and you you did care. And right. uh, it just took me. He tried. To, yeah, it, t- it just took me to live my own life to realize, like, what what was actually going on and not just seeing what I, you know, the first thing I saw. Wow. Man, that's that's awesome right there. That's, that's, that's good, a man. Pretty, that's, that's a pretty awesome story. I, I, I never heard it in full. Yeah, in full like that. You know, I I knew that you were because we've known each other for a couple of years now. And I knew mm-hmm. that you had to go on emergency leave and go back yeah. home, but I didn't know the severity of it or the details of it. So, thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah, yeah, for real, that's, that's 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 deep right there. Yeah, and especially as we're reflecting Father's Day and we're talking about our own fathers mm-hmm. and the role that they played in our lives or the role that they the the, the lack thereof. Right, that's yeah. something you know that's that's beautiful. You know, yeah. because here it comes full circle. And you're able to look at the man and say, hey, I love you anyways. You know, yeah. even though you're flawed, you know, imperfect, mm-hmm. just 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 like we are. And so that's that's kind of the, the, the same thing that not not the same story as yours as far as mine goes, because my father was out of the picture. Mm-hmm. And I don't even really that's the sad part. I, I don't really exactly know what age, bro. But I know that I was young and I know that I was um that I that I, that I was young and naive, and I know that I was very gullible. And then when he left, that's almost how that's almost when I I be, began to get taken advantage of of my ability to be gullible to just believe you know mm. just the the innocence of a child yeah you know was 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 kind of stripped away by the streets by the projects by the the, the different things that 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 happens when you're when you're a young Latino being raised in in a housing project welfare poverty state uh, city borough 
and 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 culture and society where it's a doggy dog world. Right. And I my my father for the for the most part I I remember him being in our lives when we were younger and I remember a lot of the things that we did together. But then I think from the age of seven or eight is when he was gone. Him and my mom got into they would always get into huge fights. Mm-hmm. And normally he'd leave for for the night or for the weekend and then come back, right? He'd he'd be right back. And uh some some sometimes he'd come back with, with a bad habit of smoking cigarettes and other times he wouldn't. I would remember these things. But then this one time it was really, really bad and I know that the, the, the cops got got involved, you know, and where it's almost as if my mother had had enough. And so I, I, I don't recall a lot of the details because it's it's hazy to me. My older brother did a really, really good job at at trying to shield me and my little sister from it. From it, he how, was how, he was seven years older. Seven than years. Me. And so when I was, you know, seven, he was. Oh, he was four, fourteen. He, was he knew 14. exactly what was he going was on. Exactly at the you you look at fourteen year olds now. Just think about it, right? That that's that's him trying to shield his his little brother and his little sister from the madness and 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 the 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 horrid violence that was happening coming from from his dad from our dad right and so mm-hmm. he he did really really good but a lot of stuff i mean <laughs> you're a young curious seven six year old you know seven seven eight year old you're gonna look you, you're gonna peek through the door you, even though he shoved me into a room and said you uh, you and your sister just stay here don't open the door and you hear things being thrown and just violence ah, curiosity you look and you see just just crazy things yelling and Really, really bad, but I but I remember after that fight that he he was gone, and that he would um, try to visit us every weekend. He ended up moving to uh, within still in New York, but in a different place. And he he would say, "Hey, I'm gonna come pick you up on Saturday morning. Be be here." And for the first couple of weeks, he was there, and he'd pick us up, take us to Long Island, take us to Rockaway Beach. He knew this. Uh, he 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 was really good at finding little hole in the wall spots. Things to you do, know, with y'all. things mm-hmm. things to do, or places to eat, right. right? And and so I I remember him taking us to this to this like like crab shack almost or a, a clam shack or and where where they'd be the shucking clams and oysters and stuff, and we would eat that and you know just little memories like that, and uh, take us to this ice cream spot that we always love going to, and then. As the weekends passed, we would be out there waiting, and he wouldn't show up, mm. you know. And it was something that I know that it really wounded my little sister. It, it wounded me, too. But, like, like out of the both of us, I, he, she, she was daddy's girl, bro, mm-hmm. you know. And, and out of us three, my older brother, I'm the middle. She's the baby. And you, you all know? have the same father. And we all got the same dad. You know, I have another half brother, you know, that's uh, maybe a year younger than my older brother. Right. You know, and so <laughs> if if I have a, a another half brother that's a year younger than my older brother, then you know that there were some violations within the yeah. marriage. Right. That there was some adultery, you know, there. And I'm not ashamed, you know, to, to speak on it because that's the reality of it. So, you know, that there were some things that my mom was putting up with that. It, it it came to a head where she was sick and tired of dealing with these things, and so she um she come she was an immigrant you know came came from El Salvador didn't really know the language and learned she she was a nurse in 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 El Salvador when she came here she had to almost she had to start all over again 
you know, and she got into a hospital and began to learn English and began to work and know, you know, work for a living. And so did he. He was a welder. And and so, you know, within that, she got to a place where she's like, hey, I'm I, I'm not an idiot that just got to this country yesterday. You know, I know how to provide for myself. And I think that he kind of resented that, you know, mm. where it's like, oh, so I, br- I brought you here. And, and, and I showed you what it is to live in the land of promise, you know, the American dream. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to, it's almost like as if you don't want anything, you don't need me anymore. Like I could tell that that's what, that's what the problem was. There was that struggle. It wasn't up until I was older that I was able to run into my dad again to ask him some of these, all you know, diff, diff, have some of these difficult conversations to really find out, man, bro, why didn't you come back for us? We needed you, you mm. know, and at a really, really critical age and at a critical time. And so I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, just just that's that's the place where I was raised. And he he was gone and didn't come back and visit us. He'll like very, very, very uh, <laughs> seldom would, mm-hmm. would would come through. Mm-hmm. And then when he would come come through, he, he would pick me and my little sister up. And then take us to his friend's house, the different friends that he had. Mm-hmm. And so I remember this one thing particular, man. It's, it's, it's almost like, and this is the danger in us as fathers, right? That, that scares me is that we as fathers could have the ability to wound our kids without even realizing, without even realizing that, that we're, we're putting in a deep wound that they will remember until the day that they die. Mm. And this is one that I remember from my dad, right? He ended up taking us to one of his friends' house. It was out in Long Island. We're, we're hanging out. And this was around the time that Hot Wheels was a thing. You know, if you had the Hot Wheel track oh, that, yeah. that extended from one room to the other, yeah. bro, oh, yeah. you were the man. I didn't, we, we, I didn't have a Hot Wheel track. I had Dr. Seuss books that I would line up, like, you know, like a little track, and I would run them down, yeah. Right. Well, what, uh, what I had was the, uh, the uh, carpet that, that, yeah. that, that, that they would have in the living room. Right. It had little patterns. Little patterns? That yeah, was yeah, my yeah. track. You know what I <laughs> mean? That was, yeah, yeah. We were... We were poor man we that's, didn't, fun to, we, that's fun to a kid man we could not afford and i had the little hot wheels and i would line them up and all that stuff. yeah you know and so get creative but we ended up going to this one house one of his friends and 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 him and the adults were in the other room and then he's like you guys just hang out here with some of the kids that were around our age maybe a little bit younger or a little bit older and so we're in a room and this kid had like his whole room was a hot wheel track wow running up the wall coming down over the bed frame coming down the, the 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 backboard of the bed that's nuts bro and i'm like yo this is aw-. like I, i'm, I'm awesome, looking and i'm an like this right is insane it's like, like what you see in a toy store or something exactly like, yeah. and, what is that richie rich <laughs> yeah. yeah right <laughs> and so i'm like man this is crazy where'd, where'd you get all this stuff from and so he so so he names my dad. No. He's he says uncle my no, dad. No. Right? And he's like, "Oh, he got me this." Oh my gosh, bro. I I I looked at that kid and I was I went from being excited and happy to to angry, angry. and hate, bro. Mm. Like like oh, I man. like I I'm trying to this kid, bro. I'm trying to I take wanna, that in, bro. I'm trying I'm, to I'm trying to take one. that in right now. That's a I got, I got like, I got chills right now, bro. That's, that's devastating to a kid, man. Yeah. So, um, and you know what? It, it wasn't just <sighs> that, but that, but that kid had a sister and she had the latest Barbie doll, the latest car, you know, with the Ken and Barbie and my, my sister's playing with her Barbie dolls 
And I ask her, hey, where'd you get this from? And she says the same thing, and it's my dad. And I'm like, man, this guy went and had a whole other family without us. Yeah. Because, what, we weren't good enough? Mm. And so I, you can tell by that, you know, uh, I dealt with a lot of rejection, man. And uh, Mm -hmm. it it was that that rejection, at first it, it was sorrow, but almost immediately turned into hate. Oh, yeah. And anger and bitterness. And the uh, streets were a perfect, a perfect recipe. A perfect for, outlet. They were a perfect outlet. Welcoming you with open For arms. someone like me. Exactly. A misfit, and an outcast. Exactly. Well, a lot of a other rejects. A lot of other kids running around the projects yeah. with, with, with broken relationships with their fathers yeah. or their fathers are just non existent. And I, I, I noticed that with a lot of the guys, I'm like, man, I got a lot, a lot more in common with you guys than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. And, and we, <laughs> the people in the street became my, became my brothers. Your family. The other guy, the, the older guys that were uh, drinking 40, old E40s on the park benches became my role models because mine is, has moved on with a whole nother family. And yeah. that that's a deep wound that I remember, but I, it 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 man, it it hurts just thinking about my little sister, you know. And then think thinking about her now as an adult, and she still she still probably carries a lot of that stuff. She just doesn't talk about it, you know. And um, but that was a rough time. That was how I was how when I gave myself. No, I didn't give myself fully into the streets then because my older brother was still around. Okay. So my older brother was still was dad. You he was know? still sheltering you. He was still there, but then he went and joined the Marine Corps. You know, and then he 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 shipped out. You know, he graduated high school and then worked. You know, a couple of jobs, and then he's he's like, "Mama, I'm I'm out of here. I'm gonna go and travel the world. I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna be be a man." Mm-hmm. And she was she cried, and I remember how much she cried, bro. She was she she was depressed for like maybe. A whole week. Mm-hmm. And I remember her crying for like two or three days straight. I don't know if my brother knows this, but I remember because I remember seeing her. And even then I saw her and and my mind as because I was already dealing with a lot of rejection. I was already dealing with a lot of hurt. I'm looking at her and I'm like, man, I wonder if she would have cried like that f- with me for me if I were to leave, you know, and I and I just didn't see that because I was always the black sheep of the family. I was always the troublemaker. I was always the one that would. Uh, she she'd say, "Hey, just go hang out in the blue court with the rest of the kids," and then I'd I'd make I finally make a good friend, and they'd be like, "You want to come to my house, and and play video games?" And I'm like, "Heck yeah, let's do it!" I just made a friend, you know, and I'm all excited. And then I'd be there, completely lose track of time, and then my mom's looking for me mm-hmm. for hours, and then finally finds me, and then beats the living daylights out of me in public. Oh lord, you know, just because she she was so scared. That I, you know, so this is the kind of life, this is the kind of kid that I was, yeah. that I was going through. I went through a lot of, you know, some, some abuse and granted a lot of it was by my, do, by my hands and my, Design. and by my doings. <laughs> right. You know, I was a little brat, bro. I was spoiled, you know, and if I didn't get what I wanted, then I'd find a way to get what I wanted somewhere, right. somehow. I will say one thing though, uh, with that, I was, I was never, honestly, I can't even remember if I was ever spanked in my, 
really? in my childhood, honestly. Wow. Man. So it was weird, you know. Uh, you know, I grew up with kids that you know, I get beat, you know, for I got a living. Some, I got know, some that, stories, bro. So bro, I, I never, me too. you know, my <laughs> my dad never laid a hand on me. I, you know, my mom might have smacked me a couple of times just like, you know, messing around. But I, I don't think I ever got that discipline and neither did my siblings, you know. So I think that did play a factor into it too. Like I didn't, I grew up like, I, maybe that's why I had that, you know, disrespect towards my dad because it was like, uh, you can't tell me what to do. Uh, you're not, you know, I'm I'm not getting punished. And so he my never mom inflicted any type of discipline on any bad yeah, actions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my parents were very, hey, do what you want to do, just be home. You know, and I did that. And you so know what? there was no respect towards them. That would there was be, no boundaries. Yeah, that. and that would be another topic to kind of cover uh, yeah. in a different time as far as discipline mm-hmm. and and our kids and how we discipline how. The different ways of disciplining. Yeah, right? I did. Like I said, I heard. The, I listened to that last podcast, and uh, a big topic with your kids was the discipline because they do get disciplined. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, and majority of the time, they'll say, "Yeah, well, I don't like well how my dad disciplines me all the time." But then they'd be, "Well, I mean, most of it's deserved." You yeah, know? yeah so, they get so, it. They get. They it. understand. Nobody they, likes to get disciplined, but it's a part of life. It's a part of life. It is a part. Definitely of- helps. So I do implement discipline. You know, with my son. Oh, I see that man. So. That dude. As soon as he, as, as soon as he sees that a uh, spoon get pulled out, pow yeah. pow. Yep, the pow pow <laughs> stick. So, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, we there's things like I'll never do this. I'll never do that. So, discipline. I never got it, but I know it works. I joined the military. Military. There's a lot of discipline in it. If you, you know, consequences. So. Yeah, yeah that's right, man. So yeah. that that's that's yeah. So discipline, man. I I I get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would get it. You know, I freely. Remember. And I know my mom's going to listen to this, but I remember uh, close to Christmas time. This was back when I was probably like 10 or 11. I accidentally locked the keys in the car. Bro. On like Christmas Eve or something. Bro, I got whooped. And my mom remembers this. My mom remembers this. I got whooped. And then another time, uh, I I put a, we lived in an apartment. You know how they have the peepholes? Oh, yeah, yeah. I put a marble in it. I put a marble in the peephole, right? And my mother looked at me and I was like, what the heck? What is th- I can't see through the What's going stuck. on? There's no way to get that out because the peepholes are small, bro. I, I got it out with a piece of gum. Like I stuck a piece of gum in there and pulled it out. That's smart. And it's pretty, I was pretty, you know, uh, pretty, uh, uh, pretty yeah, innovative. Pretty handy little MacGyver, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got, I got whooped for that. Man. We got whooped. Me and my sisters got whooped. Okay. okay. Oh, man. So my mom's going to, she's going to have a good laugh at this. <laughs> I remember one time I, uh, I told you I had Dr. Seuss books. I used to use those as the Hot Wheel tracks, right? Yeah. Well, I also used to use them like Frisbees. And, and me and Ernie grew up in the same projects. And so I'd have, we oh. lived on the third floor and I had my window. I opened up my window and I, I, I stood like like five feet back from my window and I had my stack of Dr. Seuss books and I started flinging them out the window like frisbees bro like just seeing if i can get them out the window without even hitting the window so because like, the windows there had bars <laughs> yeah, yeah outside <laughs> so okay, okay. so so the goal was to try to fling them and get them through the through the bars that in one shot a challenge bro it was a challenge windows. and i had fun man and then and then i threw them all out the window and I, I went over to the to the window ledge to look at all of my glory out there on the floor and i looked down and i'm like oh yeah look at those books and then i looked to the right and i see my mom and my stepfather at the time walking up to the apart to the to the apartment, and I'm like, Ugh. why? Why I is just, it as kids we don't think of the consequences? It was so fun, bro. It was so fun that I I didn't care the con. You know, you know, and I think that's why I have so much grace on my kids now because I think of all the dumb. Like when you're a kid, you don't think about it. You're just like, this seems like a fun thing to do. 
I'm going to do it. You don't think about the consequences. And I definitely didn't. But I got my freaking butt whooped. And I remember that. <laughs> I had to be like seven. Yeah. So, yeah, mom. Yeah, I remember that. Bro, I hope you remember that too. Well, this is, let me add on to it because in the same projects, right? Like I was, I, I, I would always see my brother hanging out with his cool friends downstairs and we lived on the fourth floor, apartment 4B. And, um, <laughs> 3B for me. Yeah. Look at that. That's crazy. <laughs> and so he, he would always be outside on, on the front court. The, uh, the uh, buildings would be connected by threes, right? So three buildings that are six floors high. And so we were always, our apartment was in the middle building. And so I would see him downstairs. They'd be downstairs talking, chilling, looking all cool, you know, talking with, with girls and stuff. And so I would want to, you know, as, as a young brother, you know, I would want them to acknowledge me. Piece of the action. Like, like, like even though I'm not down there, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here, you know. So I would crack open the window and I'd be like, hey, what's up, man? You know, and they'd just kind of look at me like, ah, whatever, you know, <laughs> ah, whatever. And after so many ah, whatevers, I was like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I pulled my pants down, bro, and pressed my butt cheeks right up against that window, Press bro. Press that ham, bro. Press it, and then they'd be like, ew, Ernie, yo, Renato, get your brother, bro. Look at what he's doing. That dude was so livid. So I would do it just that's because hilarious. that's the attention that I wanted to get, you yeah. know? Like, that's the reaction that I wanted. Mm hmm. But one time I did it, and my mom was coming back from work, <laughs> and she saw me do that. And she caught them butt cheeks on the, oh, on the glass. bro. No, it wasn't even on the glass. I opened up the window. It was up against the bars, the nice. bare bars. Nice, nice, nice and cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice and cold. <laughs> <laughs> she came upstairs, grabbed the, the, the uh, telephone from the wall, took the cord out from the back. Oh, Ooh. and it was time to go to town. Those bro. are good whoopings right there, bro. That's when you you, you hear the wind. Go, they break the sound oh. barrier. Oh, what, bro? People, hey, my my brother's friends could probably remember till this day that they heard me scream because I would run back to the windowsill, to the bars, and say, "Help me! <laughs> She's trying to kill me." <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine being a parent and your son does that you're oh trying to discipline gosh. him and he's running to tell the whole neighborhood she's trying to kill me she that she's trying <laughs> it probably bro. just got worse after that like, oh, oh you want to embarrass me okay dude i couldn't sit for like a week man i had welts on my booty man straight yeah. up well That's you got hilarious. the attention that you were looking for i guess yeah Oh but man! Just real quick, I, I some some just came to mind. I told you, me and my sisters, we have different fathers, and you know, my oldest sister, her father, um, just recently passed away. Oh man! Just re like like a few days ago. Oh man, I'm sorry. So to hear that. yeah, uh, just a just a you know, uh, shout out to my sister. Just letting you know that you know you're you and uh, you know you're in our prayers, and because uh, I I she sent me a picture. Of us three, like me, her, and and her father, Man. and I remember, and he was a good guy. He yeah. was a really cool yeah. guy, Man. and um, Sorry it's to hear fun. That, bro. It, yeah, yeah, he was a great guy. He just recently passed away, but um, it's it's funny you're talking about Hot Wheels. He has a big Hot Wheel collection. And my sister contacted me today and said, I'm going to send you a bunch of Hot Wheels. Oh man, yeah, wow, yeah. Those are some that you don't even play with. Those right. are like that. You just kind of right put up somewhere, and it's like they're man. they're classics. But yeah, see, he was he was a good father. He was a father figure in, in my life at one point. Wow! And so was my little sister's father as well. Nice, but yeah. And that's so. that's that's pretty cool, right there, bro. You know that she's willing to share some some of that with you too. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. that's it's pretty cool. So, 
Yeah, man. And that's so. So as far as my my upbringing went, my my father, needless to say, he he was uh, very uninvolved, very not present at all whatsoever. Eventually, you know, we 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 grew up. My my brother shipped off to the Marine Corps, and and that's when I had full reign of going into the streets and doing whatever the heck I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And the uh, streets welcomed me with open arms. Mm-hmm. And took advantage of me, used me, mm-hmm. and uh, toughened me up big time, you know. Uh, but I always dealt with, and I didn't realize this up until I, I was an adult. Man, I had some deep wounds caused by my father, even though if you're a father out there, man, and you're not active in your son's life or your daughter's life, you may think that by you not being there, that they're safer. Man, you're creating one of the deepest wounds that they'll carry for the rest of their lives. Absolutely. So just like Raymond's dad has reached out to him, reach out to whoever you have that you've birthed into this world. Even if you haven't talked to each other in years, reach out for crying out loud, man. It makes a difference. And I wish that my father would have done that in my life and in my little sister's life. But it's almost as if, you know what? I don't want to cause more damage than what I than what I already have, so I'm hands off, and um, that 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 caused some really deep wounds within me as a man. It wasn't up until I was an adult that I realized that I struggled with neglect, or not neglect, but with rejection. Mm-hmm. I struggled with rejection, and so even dealing with other men, even dealing with people. I remember my time in the navy. When I would deal with with people that that were above me in authority in in rank, and they would try to tell me something, tell me something that I didn't like, tell me something about myself, and I would take it personal. Mm-hmm. I, I I would react emotionally, right? And it was because I felt like they they were rejecting who I was. You as a person? No, they were just trying to correct what I did in the moment, and that's the same thing with other men, you mm-hmm. know, that friends, you know, and this is something that. I notice a lot of guys that have broken relationships or a lot of fatherless men deal with this rejection. They just don't know that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's you taking everything personal because you've been, you feel some sort of rejection from your own dad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so man, years, years ago was when I was finally, and I was an adult, I was in the Navy and I was um like, like you, Daniel, I started going, going to church, man. And, Church wasn't my thing, but I, I I decided to go to church with my wife and and like maybe fifteen years ago, and it, it it was shortly after that, like maybe a year or two after that, I did my deployments, you know, to 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 the Middle East and different places, and then I came back and and I had my uh my deployment jacket, mm-hmm. and it had my name, it had the different countries that I've been to, it had the Operation Iraqi Freedom on there. That's when I went and deployed. Cruise jacket, uh, yeah, man, yeah, cruise, uh, cruise jacket. jacket. And so I came back, and I don't know how we we ended up going to New York. We would drive to New York often, and my my father had relocated to New Jersey. Don't know how I got in contact with him. I don't remember. I don't know if it was through my mom or through one of my my aunts from you know his his sister, but I ended up getting his number and and I called him and I said, hey, I'd like to introduce you to my to my wife and my family. You know, and I'd like so to you made that first t- move. Oh, I did. Absolutely. Because otherwise he would have never reached out. Yeah. You know, just be. And I think that that's why is because he felt, hey, I don't I don't want to I don't want to cause more damage yeah. than what I already have. 
but I need to close you, man. You yeah, know, that, that couldn't have been farther from the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. And so I reached out to him and I, we were able to meet at a restaurant. I introduced him to my, to my wife and, um, my, my dad was, was, was a, uh, was a playboy, bro. You know, you could tell, you know, he, he was always that type, you know, to kind of, he had his own little swag to him, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, so, so, so even when we were sitting down at the restaurant, I see him checking out the waitresses, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this, this, this guy, this guy now has, has a new family married with kids, you know? And so I got little, little half brothers and little half sisters, you know, and that, that, that are younger, that are, uh, that are younger than my kids. Right? Oh wow! And, and so yeah, and Stay so busy. oh yeah, and so you know, but he has a family, and we're sitting down, and I see him checking out the waitress, and I'm like, "Come on, man! Like, I'm trying mm-hmm. to have a conversation with you, you know." But I even see some of the things, you know, that he still had. He's stuck in his ways. What right. can I say, you know? And um, but I got to have a one on one with him and let him know, hey man, even though you weren't there when when I needed you, especially uh, when I needed that guidance, when I needed that father figure, you weren't there. I don't hold it against you. I refuse to hold on, to keep holding on to this. Mm-hmm. And I'm letting it go, man. And I forgive you. Even if you're not asking for forgiveness, I'm letting you know that I, that I forgive you. Right. And it was an awkward conversation, but I wasn't doing it for him. Yeah. You're doing, for you. doing it for me, man. You, you know, let it go. And I had to let it go. And even after that happened, you know, we've, we've throughout the years still kept in contact, but only for birthdays, Father's Day, I'm going to send him a text message or call him Christmas. He calls me for, for my birthday or sometimes send me a text message, you know? And so yeah. only special occasions, but that's about it. You know, But he knows that door is open. Like he knows that that door is open. And it, I, th- I think that door is only open with me, man. Like he doesn't have that open door with my older brother. Definitely not my little sister. You know, they, they don't, they, 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 they do the same thing. Well, she does the same thing that he does where it's like, Hey, if you don't reach out, then I'm not going to reach out. And they never really talk. But whenever we do talk, he asked me about them. He asked me about her. I wonder, I wonder if he's like, cause I, I try to put myself if I can, like in his situation, I wonder if he's scared, you know, like he's scared to face, you know, what he did. I don't know. Maybe the consequences of his acts, you know, like to look at the children, that he left behind in the face that that might be a nightmare of his and maybe something he struggles with because i know i would well so i know that now that he does have a family and uh instead of when and things are rough they have gotten rough with with him and his and 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 his his wife now and he has refused to leave for mm. the, for the sake of the kids, that that sounds right. That sounds so about it's, right. It's almost as if he knows how it plays out. He's haunted exactly by. He's like haunted almost like a redemption. Where it's yeah. like, man, I I walked out, and now we're we're adults. T- we're all good. Yeah, we don't need him now. You know, yeah. but he kind of sees it like, man, I, I look at how they turned out. I imagine how they would have turned out maybe if I was involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's one of the things as far as when it comes to Father's Day and us as millennials just kind of reflecting, man. There's a lot of negative things that I saw from him that I would never do be uh, because of what I saw him do. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us could attribute uh, some 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 things that we could take away from our fathers that in the negative where it's like, I'm never going to do that. Because mm-hmm. like for you, Daniel, you would never dive into a bottle because you saw what your dad you went mm-hmm. through and. Mm-hmm. You, Raymond, you would probably never do any illegal activity. Yeah. Out of risk of Losing being pulled away from my family, from your family. Losing and, my freedom. Yeah. And and me, even though 
marriage isn't it the easiest, man. Me and my wife have been, we're going to be celebrating 18 years. Let's go. Uh, seven, 17 years, I'm sorry. Seven, 17 years married this year, this November. And things haven't been the best, man, you know, yeah, but. It takes work. It takes work. And so I saw my dad call it quit so easy that it's, that I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to be like my dad mm-hmm. and just give up on my family and walk away. Right. Although that, you know, different times early in our marriage when things were really, really rough, that did cross my mind. And I was just ready to just, that's it. I'm Throw done. It all the way. Yeah. I'm walking away. Because it's what you know already. You've seen it. You, exactly. Mm-hmm. So there are some things which, which leads me to, you know, there are some things that we could attribute to our dad's. Maybe not in the negative, but in the positive. Right. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break to uh, listen to this anchor plug. Hey. Yeah, you. Do you want to start a podcast but don't know where to start? Try Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast ever. So even if you have zero podcasting experience, Anchor makes the process simple so you can focus on your content. It is an audio host website that makes recording, editing, and storing your audio easy. Anchor will even help distribute your podcast to other sites such as Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and other major audio platforms. With a clean user interface and design, Anchor gives you the tools you need to get your voice heard around the world. Give Anchor a try. Tell them the KTB podcast sent you. And we're back. And appreciate you guys hanging in there and listening to our our stories as we reflect on how how we how our fathers have impacted us uh, as we come closer to this Father's Day. And this is from a millennial's perspective, because all three of us here during this uh, this this podcast, we are millennials, man. And uh, so, but I'd like to kind of switch gears a little bit and kind of dive into dive dive into some of these. Uh, you know, there there is a certain burden that us as fathers carry, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a conversation that I've had with many diff- different people. You know, that have wanted to hear of man. I would love to hear what you know the different types of burdens that we as men as fathers carry. What are some of those things that you know that we could? Talk. What are some some of the burdens that us as men, as fathers, carry in today's day and age? Uh, for me, and I'm sure you guys as well, is really preparing our children to fly the nest. That is a huge burden on me, right? That yeah, because uh, like like most of the world, we have left the house. I, I, not me personally, but I know a lot of people have left the house at a very early age. And even uh, Pastor Baron Jarrett preached, uh, preached on that this, this, uh, this evening in the service. And he was talking about how, you know, a lot of kids were, you know, had to, you know, work this job or this job because, you know, they had to help the mother make ends meet or things like that. Grow up before they needed to, right? Uh, but in our situation and my particular situation with my family my boys are very not sheltered but you know we we have a nuclear family my me my wife and we're raising our kids together all all of our kids all four of our kids are from us too and so you know they haven't had to have those struggles 
of, you know, making a way or growing up before they needed to. So they, they got a chance to experience childhood. But with that, I think my, my main concern is making sure that they're ready to leave and preparing them for the real world because they've had it so good. Now I have to teach them how to strive and how to want better for themselves, you know, and how to survive out there because it's rough, man. You don't want to kick your baby birds out of the nest and they don't know how to fly. They just, they just smack the ground, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And so, you know, teaching, teaching my, my oldest son right now, he's 16 years old. You know, he was on the podcast, the last episode and you know, he still has a lot to learn. And it, that burden to prepare him for for manhood falls on you. Falls on me as yeah. a father. You know, daughters look towards their mothers to learn how to be a woman, how to be a wife. Uh, boys look at their fathers and learn how to be a man, how to be a father, how to be a leader, how to be a provider. And so that burden is on me to pass down to my son. Lessons I may have had to learn the hard way. I can I can package it up in a nice package and give it to him, you know, in a different way than I received it, you know? You know, hard lessons in life and like you said rejection and my my dad not being there or my mom not being there for a certain amount of time. You know, it that that's a that's a huge focus on mine and then also my daughter. You know, my instinct is just to protect my daughter. You know, right. I, it's a little different. Yeah. I can't absolutely. teach her how to be a girl cuz I have no idea. Right. So that's my wife's job. Yeah. But for me, it's teaching my boys how to how to survive and how to make it out there. Right. Mm. Yeah, man. You know what? And shout out, shout out to Pastor Philip Berendrep, man. Let's get a hand clap for that man. Very, very inspirational message. Yes, sir. Very double, inspirational. Double yeah, man. Very inspirational message. Um when that that he he spoke on dealing directly to the youth, you know, which was really, really awesome. He gave a lot of a lot of good examples on on what the youth can do, you know? What they're capable of. What they're capable of, bro. And it's amazing. Some some of the things that he mentioned I've never heard before, which is really, really, really inspirational. Um, but also he spoke of a warning and a caution to us as parents. So one of the things that he, he mentioned, which is pretty interesting, and speaking about preparing our youth, our children, and Daniel, Sebastian is how old? Uh, he's two. Your boy is two, two years, years old, old, you know, so you got a long way to go before you get to the point where you got to prepare them for leaving the nest, right? Yeah. Definitely. Right now, it's just showing them just, you know, just just showing them. Teaching them manners. Just teaching them manners, How to be a human, really. How to be a human. How to human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, stop barking, all right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but speaking with those burdens, for me, it's I wouldn't say the opposite, but it's it's something similar and I, I uh, Pastor Berenger did touch up, touch on it uh, as well, and it's I think for me a burden was sheltering my son because I've that's I had, where the I had caution a, I had a rough were. childhood and I I've seen things you know so uh, you can't shield him from everything mm-hmm. you know Absolutely and if not. I'm shielding him from everything and he leaves the nest and I feel like man you know what I, I've prepared him perfectly to leave the nest and when he leaves the nest I'm not there anymore. And he sees these struggles, like, how, I don't know, know how to, to tackle them. Yeah. Right. yeah, so I'm not saying, like, hey, here's drugs, you know, here's alcohol, you mm-hmm. know, get familiar with it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying 
uh, we we shield them from seeing certain things or, or living life really. So make a rejection, like like you said, just because I um I didn't uh you know I'm still involved in his life doesn't mean he's not gonna feel rejection somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. right. That's he's true. still gonna feel rejection. You know if I if I tell him a certain thing, I discipline him right. Uh, that's a big thing when you get disciplined. You're like oh, you don't love me. You're disciplined, but that's when the parenting comes in. You're telling them, hey, I'm doing this because I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there, mm-hmm. there's certain things you can shield. So they get from. it. Yeah. So for me. It's shielding them from everything. I don't want to do that because, like I said, I, I grew up. I'll never be like my dad in this area and that area. And you can get caught up in never being a certain way, and then they see nothing. And So I think that's a big burden for me is just shielding them from, from everything and him just being clueless when he's in, yeah. you know, leaving the nest, whatever age it right. is. So. And I think another burden would be the the uh, the getting getting over the mindset of, I don't want to mess up my kids like my dad messed me up. mm Right. So that's that's a mindset that you can say. And, <laughs> hey, it's a very natural reaction. I don't want to mess with my kids the way that I, you know, my dad per per se messed me up, you know. But, man, if if we're talking like that, then that means that we're still holding on to some things. Yeah. yeah. And if we're still holding on to some things, then then sub in our our subconscious, we end up doing those things, mm. you know, because we're still thinking about it some way, some shape or form. So it'll come out with an action, right? So instead of thinking about, man, let me not, that I don't want to mess up my kids like my dad. No, how about let me begin to put some things in there and, and watch them. Just let them go, mm-hmm. right? And watch them make their own mistakes mm-hmm. and be there to help guide them or patch them up or pick them up, yep. right? And so uh, we, we, can, we can take from, from different experiences and try to do our best. And that's one of the burdens that we as men as fathers carry, right? Where we are called to be the leaders of the home. And like you said, you have a daughter, Raymond, mm-hmm. very little one. You're like, I don't know what I could do to her. You know, I don't, I don't know what I can contribute because I can't her. teach you how to be a woman mm-hmm. or right. Or how to, or how to be a lady. Yeah. Um, but we, but we can teach them how a man should treat. Should treat yeah, absolutely. You know? And so that's absolutely. something with me and my, and my daughter, she's 17 now. But for years, we've incorporated daddy-daughter dates where I take her out on a date. And that's probably when she was younger was one of the only times where she could wear makeup, right? And my daughter, my wife would doll her up and I'd get dressed up like if I'm going on a date with my wife. Yeah, because it's it's a real date. Exactly. It's it's a real date. And I would take her and open up the door. And even though she was, you know, eight, nine, you know, she's dressed like a princess in the princess (laughs) costume. But I am... But I'm tr- letting you know, hey, this is how a man is supposed to treat you as a lady. Yeah. Very gentle. So one of the burdens that we can carry as men with our daughters is being the gentle giant, mm-hmm. so, to, so to speak. Yeah. Right? Because we have to be strong enough to protect them and be leaders of our home, but gentle enough mm-hmm. to show them love and tenderness. Right. Not always be so <clears throat> rough. Right. Grr. I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go kill something. Right. You know what I mean? Like be able to bring that balance of showing, uh, showing affection. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, showing affection when it's, when it calls for it and being able to pick that up. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and different things like that. What, what's, uh, so, you know what, aside from that, there's, there's a, a different burden that we're supposed to carry as far as men from whatever. And I'm speaking from, what I'm carrying, what I've been carrying throughout the years as the head of my household, right? Which is the, the, uh, the different stresses of life, the different mm-hmm. stresses of life 
that we carry. Some sometimes things can get flipped upside down. In in my home, it, we're a single income family home. My wife can work if she wanted to, right? But I've given her. I I haven't put that requirement on her where it's like you need to work. Mm-hmm. You need to work. You need to help me make ends meet so we can live a more lavish life. Would we be able to live a more lavish life? Absolutely. But then our 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 kids would probably be raised in daycare. Yeah, they'd be missing out on something. More money, exactly. more problems. So my yeah, my wife chose to be a stay at home mom, and I, you know what? As the leader of my home, hey, you can do that, and you don't have to worry about anything. I'm gonna take care of being the the main breadwinner. Mm-hmm. That's a burden that us as men can carry. Oh yeah, a lot of times to we, provide. A lot of times yeah. we don't we don't get recognized for. No, dude, it's scary. Uh, all yeah. three of us here. Yeah, yeah. I'm military, prior military, all three of us. Yeah, and stepping out of the military oh, into bro. the civilian world. Yeah, and that uncertainty of, am I going to be able to provide for my family? Is my life going to drastically change? Are we going to fall flat on our faces? Am I going to be are, is my family going to end up sleeping on some couch somewhere? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. The fear of the unknown and that pressure to keep the same quality of life going that you're, you know, that you had in the Navy, carry that to civilian. Man, that was some pressure. Yeah. yeah, that was some pressure. But man, did God have my back on that one, bro? Now, now think about it. You just named all those things, and at the same time, being able to juggle being a role model to our sons mm-hmm. and our daughters while doing that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, and I'm not over here trying. I'm I'm not saying all this to toot my own horn, mm-hmm. not by any means necessary. This is this is one of the bare minimums, yeah, for me that a father should do. Mm-hmm. You know, like it should be instilled in you to and, roll up them sleeves and, and get do your it hands and dirty. do it all with a straight face. Do it all with yeah, without an attitude. <laughs> don't without, don't show your cards, right? Yeah. Without an attitude, you got to be that anchor. As you got to be the, the anchor, house, right? Exactly. Like if you're if you're up and down, up and down, I can only imagine what it would. My wife has no idea. Kids. My wife has no idea how they, nervous I was getting out. Yeah, I could because I didn't want her to feel, to feel that insta- instability. Yeah. You right. know, to feel that that fear because that's not for her. No, that's not for her to carry, man. Yeah. That's my job. Yeah. It's my job. I do the heavy lifting. Yeah. I don't. I don't even let the wife carry the heavy heavy groceries, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, right. I, I saw. I saw a meme recently. It was just like, if you take more than one trip from the car bringing groceries into the house, you're not a man. You're not a man. <laughs> uh, no, I don't want that. I shot my Costco, so it's not hard to carry two. It's hard to carry the, those forty packs of water. Like, hold on, Costco and <laughs> Sam's Club. That's a different story. Hold on. But yeah, no, I understand. I cutting off that, though. cutting off that blood circulation, man. Carrying ten. But bags. I do do my best to minimize the trips. No, you ain't lying, bro. Sure. I try to fit at least two or three bags on each finger. I'm telling yeah. you, yeah. each finger. <laughs> like I'm about to show you how it's done. Yeah. So that's another burden we carry: the groceries. The groceries. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's right, man. But you know, just different things that we kind of deal with. That you know, uh, the unsung hero, man, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. Yeah. I, I don't have to be recognized for everything that I that I that I do. You know, I don't I don't need you to mm-hmm. be a cheerleader by my side mm-hmm. for every little thing that I do because a lot of it is it I I do it gladly, man. It's natural. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I find I, sometimes I find the kids like, you know, or the wife thanking me for something and I don't know how to take it because I'm just like no, I'm just doing I'm supposed to do that. I'm what supposed did, to do this. What did I do? Yeah. I'm just doing what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> people always want credit 
We're doing something they're supposed to do. <laughs> what, you want a cookie? <laughs> Where's that from? Chris Rock. Uh, <laughs> That's an old Chris Rock bit. <laughs> it's more vulgar than that. I got to keep it Christian. Uh, <laughs> No, but you know what? That's 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 true, man. And uh, and you know what? The same is the same is for the opposite because there are some men, and I don't know any really, you know. But there are some men out there, probably, you know, that you, um, that you you kind of look for that affirmation, right? Mm-hmm. There's uh there there's a book called The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget who it's written by. I think I have it there on my bookshelf, some somewhere there. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. But it's the five love languages, right? And it's a really, really good book on on marriage. It's really, really good. I, I went to a marriage seminar one time, not because me and my wife needed it. Well, let's be honest. Yeah, I needed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all need a little bit of a marriage seminar. You know, somebody speaking, uh, you know, to us about our marriage and stuff. And and so I remember it being uh, being recommended at that at that seminar. That's by Gary Chapman, by the way. By Gary Chat, thank you very much. And so the five love languages talk talk about the five different uh, things that you you may be trying to communicate or you're used to communicating, uh, but your wife or your spouse, significant other, is used to communicating in a different way. Mm-hmm. So some uh, communicate by by uh, by uh, what is it? Uh, words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, which is being that cheerleader, like, yay, like you threw out the trash, man. Thank you so yeah. much, you know. And so you went to work today, and you came back, and you're exhausted. You went ahead and and worked for us, baby. Thank you, you know. Words of affirmation, I appreciate you, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and some men operate off that, you know, where it's like, hey, I feel good. It makes me, it makes my job easier as a dad if I if if I hear some thank yous every now and then, mm-hmm. you know, and um. But some something that I heard a, a quote from from a book that I that I f- finished recently is called Wild at Heart, which is a really really good book for mm-hmm. men, bro. And there's a women version of it, you know, for 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 the wives. I forget the name of it, but it's really really good. The author said this: he said many men want to be considered and perceived as a brave knight, but very few of us are willing to bleed like one. Wow. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty deep, yeah. Because, yeah, we, we sometimes, you know, those of us that work off of or um, are encouraged by words of affirmation, by the thank yous, the I appreciate you, baby, the mm-hmm. man, you worked hard today, thank you, you you did this, or you, you spoke to my daughter, to our daughter in this way, you showed that gentle giant, or with our son, you were understanding in this situation, you heard him out. Rather than just lay down the law on him, mm-hmm. right? Many, many of us want to receive that and want to be treated as the brave knight showing up to to rescue. But then we don't want to bleed like one. Mm. And a knight is one who who risks themselves out on, on the front line and is willing to take these cuts yeah. that life throws at us, you know. In the, in, the, in the famous words of Ronnie Coleman, he said, everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. But don't nobody want to lift no heavy weight. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. That is right, man. People want the, want the title without the uh, responsibility. And I think the book you were talking about, is it Captivating? Captivating by John Eldridge? John Eldridge, yes. That's the, the, that's the, the women's version. That's the mm-hmm. women's version of, yes, John John Eldridge, that's who he is, man. But Wild at Heart, very, very good book. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it for any dad, any man mm-hmm. that's out there, you know. And even for ladies to listen to it because it'll give you an insight 
on what your man on what your man goes through in his mind and what he desires because mm-hmm. he touches on some on some things and uh so there's 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 that burden right there where it's hey we have to be willing to carry the burden mm-hmm. even at times when we're not getting recognized yep yeah that's true you're uh, you're a man bro you yep. know you suck it up suck it up <laughs> <laughs> suck it up buttercup right <laughs> But there's uh and 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 there's I've I've heard pastors say this I've heard our pastor say this, you know, everybody wants the glory, but they don't know the story, mm-hmm. right? People 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 want they they want the prize, but they don't want to go through the sacrifice of the cross mm-hmm. in order to 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 get there. You know, people want to be celebrated, yeah, but they don't want to roll up their sleeves when it comes times to do it to roll yeah. up your sleeves. And if you're a dad out there, if you're a father, hey man, that's our job, bro. Yeah. Let me tell you to you straight and keep it balanced at the same time. It's our job to roll up our sleeves and show up, man. Show up best. Yep. For our family, because you know what, no one else will. Mm-hmm. Unless you want your wife to show up for you, then yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I think as fathers, we got to put our best foot forward. You know, that's like when 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 it comes to, I, I think it's applicable, but in both the church world and and just in you know people who aren't Christians, you know, the the church says that your family is your first ministry, and if you're not taking care of your house, then how can you be expected to take care? of the house of God. Right. Mm. So, you know, God gave us that structure and, and put us, put men at the, at the head of the household to, you know, keep things running smoothly or keep things in order the way that they should be. And so if you make your, your family and your children, your wife, your, your first ministry, you can't go wrong there and give them your, your, your biggest effort, if that makes sense. And then everything else becomes easier to do after you've taken care of that main thing. Right. Now, let me let me bring it let me not play devil's advocate, but bring a balance to this, right? Uh I understand that are that that there are men out there you may not have the support of your wife. Mm-hmm. There are men out there that 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 don't have a wife that <laughs> that even probably gives them respect, you know? And you're still doing your best to hold the family together. Props to you, bro. Yeah. Not not only props to you, but man, if if you keep on doing that, you may not get the recognition from your wife for whatever reason, whatever that there may be there, you know. Because nowadays in our culture, women are kind of uh, lifted up to be the leader. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. hey, you know what? That's that's absolutely true. In today's culture, a lot more women are are encouraged to be vocal. And you know what? Be vocal. Absolutely. But support your man with with those vocals. Mm-hmm. Don't tear him down. Because mm-hmm. by tearing down your man, what you're doing is you're you're hindering his ability to 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 be encouraged and be that man to roll up his sleeves and carry the burden. Mm-hmm. Because how are you gonna tear him down and then expect him to still work mm-hmm. and 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 provide? Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you're not you're doing it. You may be doing, and I'm not saying you're doing it as in you ladies that are might 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 be listening. I'm just saying that there are ladies out there 
that that don't appreciate their men because mm-hmm. they're not perfect. They they may be as dumb as I am and make and <laughs> sh- and put their foot in their mouth all, like almost every other sentence, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but you know, there are ladies out there or there are men out there that have wives or have significant others in their lives that that don't support them, you know. But the ones they may not realize that the damage that they're trying to do to you is to make themselves feel better. They don't realize that the children that you guys have together mm-hmm. are being affected by this in a really, really ugly way, man. You yeah. know? And as men, bro, we are called to, to live this life and to provide till till death do us part. Yeah. Whether richer or poor. Better we, or for worse. Better for, for worse. worse. We took those vows if we're married. Mm-hmm. We, we took those vows, man. And now it's not only about you. Now it's about the little ones that you're raising up to, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like a higher calling, a higher responsibility that we have. And, and so, man, just, just stick with it because even if your wife does, doesn't recognize you, your kids will recognize what you try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, I, I mean, it's just a touchy subject because in today's culture and society, you see it all the time. You see it in the t- TV shows. Yeah, the man is being portrayed as the idiot, like the Simpsons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Family Guy, the the fumbling fool, the yeah. yeah, the bumbling idiot. Yeah, you know, and the wife is always the one that's you know that's uh, that's got, got everything together, the intelligent her, one. She's tearing him down. It's got the answers to everything, you know, that's guiding him. And you know what? A lot of times, there's there's been different situations where my wife has helped me, man, big time, man. Oh, yeah, and me I'm too. Not, not to take anything away from you, ladies. You ladies are a huge help. Uh, but you could also be a huge burden, right? You know, Eesh. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm not making any friends on this. Well, one. well, well. Let me, let me, let me, let me help Ernie out because you know he said he puts his foot in his mouth sometimes. Um, no, it's true. <laughs> like it, okay, did, yeah. So what he means is is the the burden comes from trying to make sure that we are taking care of you as well, because not only as fathers do we have to take care of the children we also are husbands and we have to take care of the wives simultaneously so there's there's a <laughs> it, it 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 becomes a challenge because you have to make sure that you are you're taking care of both of those arenas i i'm i'm, I'm losing it <laughs> no i see what you're saying and that's exactly right man where there are some need there are a lot of needs that our wives desire from us right and we're not mind readers, but right. we are expected to act like we know what they need and to yeah. give the right answer. Right. Right. When they're asking a question, a very simple question to be able to react in the way that they expect us to react. Yeah. Right. And and so there is that burden also. <laughs> There's that burden also, bro, where, where, where we are supposed to take care of them mm-hmm. and be able to. And a lot of times you don't know. We don't know what our wives need unless we communicate with them. Yeah. Yeah. Communication is huge. It's because we think so different. Absolutely. We, we think so different as from fathers and mothers. The The thought process is so different. Bro, men, we, we, we speak blue. We speak in a color. Yeah. And women, they speak pink, bro. They hear. I, yeah. Per- perfect example is. You hear the wife talking with another friend about how they need to get in the gym, how they need to work out and lose weight, right? If if me and my bros are talking about losing weight, hey, bro, I got this perfect protein. 
or this perfect uh, pre-workout. Right. Bro, try this, mm-hmm. right? I hear this and I'm thinking blue like I'm talking to one of my my boys and you yep. know what? I just I go to the store and I'm not saying that I did this. I'm mm-hmm. just giving an example. All right. <laughs> he did this. Uh, no, I didn't. I promise you I didn't, bro. Don't, don't do me like that. Hold on. <laughs> but let's but let's say you you go to the GMC store and you get one of the best pre workouts, you know, mm-hmm. for men and women, you know, or specifically for women. Right. You're being considerate. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what? I heard her talking with her homegirl. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get this because she wants to get back in the shape and I want to support that. Right, hundred percent. So I'm gonna get one that's not even that I won't even be able to touch. Right, just for women, and then I come home, baby. Guess guess what I got you? And she's like, "Oh, you got me something?" You know, it's like, "Yeah, I got you something." Look, check this out. It's a pre workout for for working out. Oh, bro, just what you trying to say? You trying to say I'm fat? Mm, so I need to get in the gym, huh? Oh, really? That's a dreaded question, right? Like, oh. How do I look today? Do I oh, look fat? There's no, there's no correct answer. You say yes, you're, you're dead. You say no. I'd rather poke my eyes out. <laughs> I don't know. I can't I tell. Think, I think as I'm blind. You know, as a man, and I've heard this before in, in different things. You know, we're we're so one track minded, right? So Absolutely. it's hard to be a father and a husband at the same time. Whereas the uh. women might be able to juggle it easier. So mm, I don't know. So if you're, if you, I mean, sometimes I think, some cases, I think, I think they find some struggles with it too. Being yeah, a but, wife but, and being a mother. A, I think I don't want to put my foot in my mouth too, but I think it's <laughs> it's it. easier as a man Do to it. see. Since you know, it's, I think it's easier as a man to see that it's hard to juggle it, whereas a woman is more capable of doing it, so they don't see the man mm. having difficulties with juggling it. So, like, if I'm parenting my son, and my wife's like. Ask me a question and and maybe you know maybe I was frustrated with him and I take it out on her. She's like, well, why why are you bringing this to me? But it's like I'm in dad mode right or now. Are you responding to her? Yeah, mm. I'm in dad mode. And you're mode. still I'm in tra- dad mode. Yeah. Dad trying to be mode. serious with the with with the son. Yeah. And you respond to her with the same intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not oh. saying, you know I'm not saying it's right, but it's hard to 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 balance the dad and the husband to switch it on and off. Yeah, that's the same as pink and blue, bro. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like yes. it's on and off switch for for a guy. But for a woman, it's, it's all like, connected. Yeah, it's all connected. It's it's a it's a dimmer switch. It's this. It's that. It's, 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 all, these, it's all these things. It's, it's a blinker. It's a strobe. Yeah, it's it's not on or off. It, it's always on. We're gonna get in trouble. It's just a different level. We're gonna get we're gonna get in trouble. But as, oh, as a man, yeah. it's just an off or on switch. It's, so. it, it's all good. Hey, don't release this until like Father's Day, so we can yeah, get some yeah, grease yeah, yeah. from the wives. I want a coffee cup. I got I got a bone to pick. I remember I remember one year in church from for Mother's Day. They did this. Um, uh, Emily, Emily was over uh, Children's Church with with Enrique. Shout out to Emily Pizarro. Right. Shout out to Emily. Uh, but I'm a little bitter still. But uh, so here's here here's what happened. So for Mother's Day, the kids they got these um these blank coffee cups. They were nice coffee cups too, and they had the kids paint them, and then they baked them, and they gave them to the mothers. It was beautiful. It was awesome. I was like, man. Touching. I can't wait for Father's so touching. I can't wait for Father's Day, and then Father's Day came, and <laughs> nothing, nothing happened. The mothers got roses, coffee cups. I like coffee. Yeah, I love coffee. I'm drinking coffee right now. Who yeah, coffee? Sometimes, sometimes Dad just wants a coffee cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that though, do you think that? The job as a dad is 
overlooked a lot like i think so because you think right a a woman right a woman birthed this kid a woman got to do this do that yeah and then a man is like hey you provide but that's expected i think that ties into what ernie was saying and how in 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 like media tv how they predict the man yeah he's just this idiot he's just someone he's just the oldest idiot in the house right Mm -hmm. and caveman the caveman the 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 troglodyte (laughs) and and now and so, you know, I, I got to say, I know in the black community, there are a lot of fatherless children, you know, um, the, the, the statistics show that, you know, uh, the single motherhood is very high within the black community. And from that, there has been a shift in respect when it comes to men, right? Mm-hmm. Because like there, there's, uh, women have been forced to take the role of the father in a lot of, you know, households. And so now like with, with the absence of, of a, of a man in the house, the women take this role over and there's this, this embitterment now. And now, you know, you see it a lot now and, and, and they talk a lot about toxic masculinity, but we see a lot of toxic femininity now. In the name of feminist, right? Oh, wow, yep. that's good, man. And so, I've never heard that. I think you're going to be the first one to coin that. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Toxic femininity. Toxic femininity, and Sheesh. it's the and the dis, it's the disdain or or dislike of of, of men yeah. as a as a as a as a sex. You know what I mean? And it's it, it's it's our society, and it, and and it's an agenda because this is a this is a big conversation. Yeah, but. To, yeah, we could definitely record a whole nother oh, yeah. podcast just on this alone. It's a strategy yeah. to disorganize the house and get the man out of the picture. Because once yeah. the once the shepherd is away, you know, it's easy for the wolf to swoop in and, and, and strike the sheep. And so, yeah, I, I think it is definitely an agenda. And Father's Day can be overlooked. Mm-hmm. And Mother's Day seems to be more of a, a, a joyous celebration and more, you know, even the commercials, man, you see it in the tone. Don't forget Mother's Day and so on and so forth. Father's Day, the t- the commercials kind of toned down a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm all right. I'm okay with that. I'm not a guy that needs a lot. Even if my kids just wake up in the morning and make me breakfast, I'm cool with that. I, that's all I need. I'm not. I'm not. I don't need a. I don't need a tie. I don't need a new golf clubs or whatever. I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't but, need it. No, but you know what? That's something that you're you're definitely touching on. Where we. Man, dude, <laughs> speaking about fathers and and men and who we are and uh, who other men are, you know, I really think, and I was having this conversation, and I got to give credit where credit is due. Marv, Marvin Scott, shout out to you, man, uh, re- reached out to me months ago on some on some of the posts on Instagram, and we got to talking through through Messenger, and Marvin says this. Marvin says, man, we really have to find ways to nurture mascul- masculinity while also upholding the standards of men. Mm. He's, he says men have feelings and needs too, man. We we have a gas tank just the same as anything else. We need each other. Life's tough out here. And he says, I talk to strong men all the time within his, his own circle. And he says we really do try to find time to keep each other on our game and give support. It's actually pretty huge to him is what he says. And he says... Um, that that it it would be really really good to hear this being being spoken about as far as men right and and 
our value and our true purpose. Because if you think about it, never did I go to school and go into a class where they, the teacher said, all right, boys and girls, we're going to talk about how you, young men, can be a man. Right. We, we didn't go through a class to prepare us for all of the things that are thrown on our laps. Mm-hmm. Not really on our laps. Cause, cause if you're a man, then you're you're standing up and moving forward, and if it's on your lap, then it's on the ground, right? Really on your shoulders, right? Things that are thrown on your shoulders, because regardless of how heavy it is, you're gonna keep moving forward. If you're, you're gonna man. carry it, you're gonna carry it. Yeah, you know what? With that, uh, as far as long uh, the burdens, and then my upbringing, which I, you know, I explained a little bit about it, and what's crazy is that I think the biggest impact of my upbringing was that I didn't want to have kids. Because I didn't want the burden of teaching this kid everything, and and I was like, man, what if I what if I screwed up? What, you if, know? I what up? if I'm worse than my dad? So along the lines of, well, well, I'll never be like my dad. Well, I'll never have to be like him if I'm never a dad. Oh wow! So for a while, I was like, yeah, kids are you know that'd be nice to have them, but I was like, man, I was afraid to have a kid because. Not only uh, will I jack them up, but, man, the world is, is so crazy. How am I supposed to, you know, balance all this? And, you know, so I, I didn't know. I, I almost didn't know what it meant to be a dad, you know. So I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I just don't want that main burden of of parenting a child and yeah. te- literally teaching them everything. So I think the biggest burden was literally having a kid. Bro, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. Because so where we won't learn it in school, we would learn it from watching mm-hmm. our dads. Yeah. Right. And so yours really wasn't involved. Mine was non-existent. Raymond's was in and out. And so it's like these are things. These are valuable lessons. You know, Mm -hmm. where from my dad, I kind of, I, I probably could have learned how to, how to communicate effectively with my wife, with my Mm -hmm. future wife, right? Which now lays the burden on me to be able to show that to my kids. Not, not teaching him in a class setting, but through. Action Exampleship Exampleship bro Where it's like Me and my wife Do get into Arguments And Letting them see that Cause this is gonna happen It's it's just a matter of How you you get married And then We gotta learn how to argue And then seeing Yeah Learn how to How to Pull pull punches Work it out And everything And then learn how to make up Yeah And how to move forward Yeah That's something that We're not taught in school Mm -hmm. That's that's, That's something that You know That we're not taught that we learn as we live life. Yeah. And then in your case, you can say that you, when things got rough, hey, I call it quits. Right? Yeah. That was that was the outlet. So yep. I don't know if that affected your decisions growing up and stuff. No, it definitely did, man. Actually, my, my, my mom, when me and my wife were going through a real, real rough patch, man, early in our, in our uh, marriage, my mom, my wife was still living in, was living in New York with, with my mom. It was before I had gotten us settled here in Virginia. And so I, I was running around with, with a bunch of single dudes, man, at like pretty much partying like if I was single. Mm-hmm. While, while I had two, two kids at, at home in, in New York. And so my mom called me one time that I, that, I, that I had gotten done partying. And she asked me straight out. She was like, let me ask you something, man. She, she's like, are, are you going to be like your dad? And do what your dad did. Ouch. Because looking at the way that she is and what she's going through and what these kids, beautiful kids that you have are going through, you're not here. 
she kind of like seen herself bro she called me out on it she's like you're actually acting just like you're 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 following some patterns that your dad followed mm-hmm. what are you gonna do and she she put the burden on me mm. and that that sobered me up bro that mm-hmm. sobered me up big time and short shortly after that i i moved her down here and we began to try to live together for the first time ever as a family and uh and we were we were on the ver- we were at each other's throats man because i was young man we were <laughs> i hadn't even turned 21 yet i think where mm-hmm. i did turn 21 yeah i was 21 yeah. by the time that i moved her down here in 22 really really young man so we were just kids at that time you you've been away from your dad longer than he was in your life Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yet he's still his lifestyle and all that was still instilled in, still in that in that short bro. amount of time he was a part of your life and that still happened to it made come a out. huge impression. Yeah, still happened to be a part of your life, which That's is crazy. Right. I, and I, like I said, I grew up with the dad, but some people never met their dad, and they still have tendencies of what. Isn't their that dad crazy? Is. And Isn't that crazy? crazy? That, you know, I'm sure scientifically it's somewhere in there, but it's crazy that that that's passed down. It's almost like like a hereditary curse. Yeah. So not not only that, but physiologically too, right? My dad, we've never played basketball before, mm-hmm. like in as a kid. I dribble. I, I I can dribble right and left, right. But when I shoot, I shoot with my left hand. I'm right-handed, mm-hmm. but I shoot with my left hand. My father is also a left-handed shooter. But he's right-handed. Hmm. When he when he saw me, because I think we had we uh, when when we linked up when I was a teenager, uh, we had a little basketball court in our in our yard, our basketball goal in our yard, and uh, and he saw me shoot with my left. He's like, "Hey, you shoot with your left?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I do too." And that's so crazy that you say yeah. that because you know that how 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 rare is that, right? Yeah, yeah. To be right-handed, but you, you're a left-handed shooter. And it's crazy because yeah, you don't even have to. You don't. You could have not grown up around your father, and then uh, and then your mother says you're 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 acting just like your father right now. Yeah, you don't even. It's just something. It's that curse, and we've talked about that before, and how you know us getting saved and being Christians, we've broken that curse in our family, right? Yeah, and now we're now we're putting and instilling good values into our kids and teaching our children and giving them an example of how to be a father. And the wives are teaching our our children, you know how how to be wives, and and it's it's always just great, so rewarding, man. It is rewarding, but so there is, and and I gotta, I, it's it's ringing in my head what what I heard from that message, um, on on the the caution towards parents, where we could go through so much uh, conflict and hurt when we were raised, deep wounds that were caused by our by by our fathers. Uh, whether whether it, it was on purpose or not, right? We could, in turn, want to shield our kids, put them in a bubble, mm-hmm. right? And so, and in, in doing that, we're hindering our kids from the potential that they truly have. Check it out. And we heard it tonight. Francis Ngannou, mm. UFC heavyweight champion of, a, of the world. That's a scary man. Bro, that's a big dude. Like, like people that have fought him have recalled being hit by him and, and to the similarity of being hit by a car. Mm. This is a big dude, bro. He's a bad man. You bad know what I mean? Like, he's bad to the bone, From man. Cameroon. From Cameroon. Yeah. Now, check it out, man. Francis Ngannou, he, he talks about 
working in the sand quarries of Cameroon, starting when he was just 10 years old, just so he can pay for, for the meager education that he got, just so he could pay for his books or maybe his uniform. Because mm-hmm. in Cameroon, they, they wear, you know, a lot of yeah. the students wear uniforms, but you have to pay for that. The school doesn't give it to you for free. You have mm-hmm. to pay for everything. And at the age of 10 years old, we're, we're talking about elementary school, man, mm-hmm. going into middle school. And this, this, this guy, now a champion at that time, had to work in the sand quarries. Hard labor, bro. Mm-hmm. Just to get enough money because their, pa- their family was so poor. Yeah. So he could be able to pay his own way into just being educated. Mm-hmm. And today he's a UFC world champion. So Im- Im- imagine if if Francis Ngannou would have been given everything served on a silver platter, or be because of their family. Let's say the dad and his family, mm-hmm. and I don't know his family history, but let's say his dad saw the poverty in his fam in his dad being brought up, and he's like, my kids are are never gonna be. Go go through this struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make sure that they have everything. And he paid Francis Ngannou's way. We probably wouldn't even be talking about him today. No, he wouldn't because be. those struggles helped him. It made him who he was later in life and becoming a man. In yeah. when he was met with opposition, when he was met with obstacles, when he was met with those brick walls that sometimes life throws at you. He he's like this is nothing. I've been here before. I've been here. I'm gonna blow right through this, and boom, he blows right through it. Yep, with his fists. I I want to be able to let my son blow right through some obstacles, man. Right. But that's never gonna happen if I'm always holding his hand and moving the obstacles out yeah. out of his way right now as as a teenager. Well, when when you hear the word millennial, isn't that kind of what you think of, right? Oh, they're the new generation that's handed everything to them in a silver platter. Yeah, and that, that that's kind of what I think of millennial, but. Millennial is a time frame, but I don't know. Do you know how old he is? Francis Ngannou? Like 29 maybe or something? Or? I have no 30s. idea, man. I'll look it up. I, I know that he's not as old as I am. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't I, think I, he I'm is. I'm assuming he's a millennial technically, So, mm-hmm. but the, the lifestyle that he lived was not. He's 34 years old, so he's my age. Okay. okay. So he is a millennial. He's yeah. a millennial. But he grew up in a, in, it's a, different in a whole culture, different man. culture, right. so it's not instilled. So I think, like for me personally, I was... Oh, we didn't have much, but I was handed everything. Like, if I wanted something, I got it. You mm-hmm. know, I without question. Yeah, without question. So I didn't. I never went without. So I never knew the struggle. So when I left home, was I was it. like, "Hey, you're you're providing for yourself now. You're providing for and you know, I got married. I was providing for my wife. So I was like, oh, it was a rude snap. awakening yeah. for you a little bit. Yeah. So I didn't know what it meant to to be responsible for all this other stuff. And, and you and, never really were taught either. So it was. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I was. Tr- you know, they try to teach me, but. Like I said, I was. Yeah, you weren't. I'm mm-hmm. living life, you know. I'm playing video <clears throat> games all day, and hanging out with my friends. I don't, you know, I don't. Which I think too is is a a, a thing that school system should impl- uh, imply is that implement life lessons, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, okay, cool, I know how to do math, but I don't know how to how to be an adult. You, you have know? no idea about a credit score, and, and a lot of people that don't have dads in their lives won't get that, you know. From and usually, if the, there's no dad in the life, the mom's working multiple jobs to try to provide. Yep. So the mom isn't there to be able to teach you how to be an adult, let alone a man, but an adult. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it, it's hard. And where, and where am I going to get it from? Where am I going to learn? And that's where television comes in yeah. and all this stuff. And Yeah, it's funny, it's funny you say that because my mother, when, um, when we first moved to South Carolina, I just had this conversation with my mother yesterday. So it's fresh in my head. Um, 
she let me know that when we moved to South Carolina from New York, that she was only making $4 an hour. Man. $4 an hour. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it when she told me that. And how many kids at that time? Uh, it was it was uh, three of us. Wow. Was it three? No, no, no. Yeah. No, yes. Three. Yes, it was three of us. It was three of us. And $4 an hour working at the, um, I think it was a bowling alley, arcade, something like that. And um, and it was hard work, hard, 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 hard work. But, you know, we were left at home, me and my two sisters, and I played a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. And she says to this day, you know, that's probably why I, I still enjoy video games is because, you know, that's that was my muse. That's what I did to keep myself busy. That was my outlet. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I still went outside. I had an outside life. But, you know, um, I me and the, me and my sisters. We you would get out of school. The school was pretty close, so we'd walk home, and we'd we'd stay inside until she got home from work. And like you said, yeah, uh, a lot of kids live that life, mm-hmm. and so you you essentially you don't really have any parent like at that point, yeah. Because once the father's taken out of the house and the mother is forced to work, uh, and there's no supervision, and children need that supervision to yeah. to an extent, and uh, yeah, that, that's just. It's just interesting that you said that because that's exactly that's exactly the life that we live because my mom yeah. said, you know, I'm not going to depend on, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to feel like I need a man to make it. And so she put the pants on mm-hmm. and she became mom and dad. Yeah. What is hey. it about, though, that uh, as a man, like taking advice or whatever as like coming from a man rather than coming from a woman, like your your mom. So if your dad is absent there's some there's something about it when a, a dad or, or a male figure in your life is telling you something mm-hmm. but when it comes to a woman you're kind of like brush it off like oh, whatever i know for me my wife can tell me something a million times and i don't get it but then one time uh, my pastor or someone another man tells me like hey man you're doing this and that's jacked up it's like yeah. oh snap you know I, i'm jacked up but and my, i tell my wife and she's like i told, I, you, I told that. you that i've been telling you that <laughs> saying this yeah so what, what do you think it is about coming from a man as a father, there, there's something different, right? That when you, when you speak into someone's Absolutely, life, Absolutely, man. And you know what? Pink and blue. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, and I, and I hate to put it that simple, you know, but we, but we do, there's a different weight that is being carried when we hear something from another man, mm-hmm. you know, where it's almost like uh like, like an affirmation, you know? And when, when we hear it come across from, from our, our wives or a woman, you know, it, it doesn't, it, not that it doesn't carry weight, not that their words aren't important, not that we don't need their words. We definitely do. But with certain topics, or with certain themes, mm-hmm. uh, we we, we kind of look towards, man, how you're a man, just like I am. You have struggles. We, we carry the same burden. Mm-hmm. We have a different connection because we're men. Right. Because we kind of unknowingly, without... Putting, pouring all our hearts out there, we know that we, in one way, shape, or form, share the same struggles right. as a man. That's something that women would never be able to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's where it, it comes across. And vice across. versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, exactly, and vice versa. There's some things that us as men, we're never going to be able to understand women. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, but you're absolutely right, man. And th- there is that, 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 that difference, that uh, stark contrast when, when it comes to hearing something as far as a validation or maybe needing to hear something you know mm-hmm. that is like man i've been wondering about this 
And although the wife may be like, no, yeah, this is what this is what it is. This is what it is. This is what it is. And then you hear from another man, and it's like, man, guess what I just figured out? That this is what I was dealing with, and this person validated it's true. <laughs> I've been telling you this this whole time, the wife says, you know, but it's like, yeah, but it's different. Yeah, it is. And and you don't get it, and it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's uh, all right. I don't hold it against you. Please don't hold it against me. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But even as a kid's point of view, like, even, so like I said, my son's only two years old. Right. But in some in some cases... My wife can tell him to do something and doesn't listen, but I tell him, and not that I'm raising my voice or, or anything like that, but the fact that it's coming from me, mm-hmm. a man, he's like, oh, snap, maybe Daddy's I should listen. That is the authority, man. Because so mommy's lovey-lovey. Yeah, and I can I, I don't have a girl, but I can imagine it's the same thing you know, with a girl or boy, just the fact that it's coming from, it's something about it, right? Like, they know, like, oh, this is, like, we're just, we're trying to teach my son, boy and girl, so we're like, oh, mommy's a girl, a boy, mm-hmm. whatever, but they know, like, it, this is the man, like oh, you know something, yeah. something like, about. Hold on, it. There's, there, there is there's a lot more respect, you know, there, when dad yeah. walks into the room. That's that's almost like like I I love to use the analogy of like like in my family, I consider myself a lion, mm-hmm. and I consider my 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 boys my lion cubs, mm-hmm. and I and I consider my wife a very fierce lioness, mm-hmm. where where she she's she she gets respect, yeah. she gets the respect of a queen. Mm-hmm. But when dad comes on the scene, you you give dad the respect of a lion. Daddy, chill. <laughs> Bro, why you gotta... <laughs> 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 hey, you just... Oh, you That's suck. what the kids are saying. Daddy, chill. <laughs> <laughs> not my kid. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, not yet. Daddy, chill. Uh, well, so you think if if, as a man, what's one thing you would want? You think it would be respect? Is that like... Absolutely. As a man or a father? I guess, as a man, as a man, as a husband and and, and father, I guess. absolutely respect. Yeah. respect Me, right? hands be, down. That's yeah, what I respect man. more yeah. than any accolades, more than uh, than any attaboys. Even mm-hmm. though I've dealt with rejection, where I never got any attaboys, mm-hmm. and attaboy comes in handy every now and then. Ah, respect. Yeah, more than anything, mm-hmm. that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's what I would strive for. Where that's a lot of the motives behind a lot of the things that I do personally. Are so that I can get respect, mm-hmm. and not not to prove myself to anybody, but uh, I, I believe that that's that that's what helps me in in being able to move forward and take on the next tough task. Yeah. Right. And for the women, I think that what they what they desire. This is me thinking now. All right, ladies. Oh, you know what I'm happens sorry. when you think? No, he's going know, out. Right? He's, he's venturing he, out again. <laughs> here, here comes a foot in mouth. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and let us know in the comments. It's awesome if you listen to this this far and you want to just chime in on this one thing. Uh, I believe you, ladies, want love, above mm-hmm. respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, want to be loved, loved regardless of what you do, what mistakes you make. Mm-hmm. Love, you know. When it comes to the different situations that you may be dealing with, with the stresses with the kids and balancing things out, if your husband comes home and shows you love, I think that you would appreciate that more than him trying to show you respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or give or give you props. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. Uh, real quick, I mean, since we're talking about this, this is a really good book out called Love and Respect. Oh, yeah. The love she most desires, the respect he desperately needs. By Doctor Emerson. Eggerich, yes. Eggerich. He he is doctor, right? Doctor Emerson yep. Eggerich. Yep. 
Yes. What's, Hope I said what's that right. funny though is that you know this is Father's Day, but it's like you can't be a father without being a husband. You know that's that, true. And I get it; they're single, they're single dads and stuff like that. But you can't, we, we keep you, veering back to the to the husband point of view mm-hmm. because it's such a crucial part to have a husband and a wife to be a parent. You know, yeah, to be parents, and it, it's crazy that we just keep going back. And because I realize it's a Father's Day podcast, mm-hmm. but. The you know the husband part of it is it's, it's so factor. it's so much that goes into being a father yeah. and husband just being the man in the house yeah well, listen let me let me just say this man the balance in my life in being an affected father comes from not not a lot of coaching I don't the wife may not even realize that she's coaching me bro <laughs> but she does mm-hmm. in certain ways when it comes to dealing with my son she'll 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 let me know hey. You might have handled that a little bit. You might have been a little bit too heavy-handed mm-hmm. on on that one particular topic. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about you ease up on him? Because I see that he's doing the best that he can. Mm-hmm. In me, it, what I see is you're not meeting my standards. And what she sees from a loving perspective, from a nurturing perspective, is he's 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 doing what he can, and mm-hmm. he's actually he's actually trying to be like you. Mm. She she brings that balance. Yeah. So yeah, in being an effective father, I I I need to be an effective husband, and I need to have an effective wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's able to speak into my life. Yeah. That I'm allowing to speak into my life. You know? No. Yeah. That's 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 very crucial. I, I have the, the same situation. Anytime, anytime I I I cross over that that line that she feels I cross, she'll she'll bring it to my attention. And I have to step outside of my pride a little bit and be like, okay, maybe I was. Bro, I don't know about you, and you, you, you're not going to get there yet, Daniel, but there's going to be a time where, and, and, and I've heard this before. I've, I've heard this on the Dad Edge podcast. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've heard Larry Hagner is, is, the, is, the, is the owner of, of that podcast. Shout He's, out to the Dad the, Edge. Yes, shout out to the Dad Edge podcast. Larry Hagner, you are doing an amazing job coaching a lot of men throughout this world that don't have that 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 pack of of men to lean on. You know, we, me, unfortunately, me fortunately here, I have a, a, a brotherhood that I find within my church, within my circle of friends that I can lean on, and we could have these meaningful conversations and stuff, and learn from each other, glean from each other. Like, all right, iron sharpens iron. So does uh, one man sharpen the the countenance of his friend. I mm-hmm. think that that's in Proverbs or Psalms, right? And so, same, same, same way, right? That's that's how we kind of. Man, I lost my train of thought. I was going somewhere with it. Uh-oh. I lost it, bro. Oh, jeez. Derailed. Yeah, man. I see. That's, that's the man right there. You know, right, one track right, right. minded. Like, uh, you seen something? They're like, oh, squirrel. Well, I Wait, have a, I have a I have a question. If I can ask, yeah. And I think it, I think it'd be a, a good question for the for the topic. What do you enjoy about being a father the most? Hey, that's Ooh. a good one. Yeah, no. Daniel, so, take your I'll, I'll, I'll chime in a little bit. What I enjoy the most. So, like I said, I, I, I feared having a kid, right? I didn't, I didn't want that burden. But something I love the most is, is like I said, my son's only two, but he, he's learning already. And then when you teach him something, you know, what whether it's, a color, a number, uh, whatever. It's it, it's it's such a satisfying feeling when when they they show it to you. And 
like you said, respect is a big one. So, like, if I tell my tell my son, like, oh, you're going to tell your mom, yes, ma'am, whatever. And, and when he does it without me telling him, it's like, wow, you have, like, a proud dad moment. And I think that proudness is it, man. Yes. I remember, and that's awesome what you just said, but I just remembered what I was, where I was going. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, hey, that's how we go. We, we, we get sparked. I just remember, bro. Brought him back you, to life. You sparked it because you said proud moment, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes we we can be man enough and humble enough to admit that we're wrong mm-hmm. with other men, right? We, we could do that, but it's very important to be able to do that with our sons mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, our, and our daughters. Yeah. That's something that I was going to, where I was going with, where it's like right now your son is two. Mm-hmm. Mine is, my oldest boy is 16. And then I have a 13 and a 10 year old and a 17 year old girl. And I have humbled myself or allowed myself to kind of come down off my my throne from being the man of this house, mm-hmm. right? To admit to them. That I was wrong in mm-hmm. this particular situation. I actually had to, had to do it recently with 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 my sixteen year old, and okay. apologize. So I I didn't apologize. Explain right? more. I, I I didn't say sorry, but I have said sorry in the past. In the past, for, yeah. For ways that I've reacted that I was too rash, too harsh, mm-hmm. and I have been able to say, "Hey, man, I I'm sorry. I shouldn't have reacted like that, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, man. I love you." And 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 I see what what kind of person you're becoming, and I'm proud. And uh, so a lot along the line, but I've been humble enough to say I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and and him and asking him, do do accept my apology? And that that takes, <laughs> bro. <laughs> you're over here apologizing to a teenager. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. will do something to you inside. Oh, mm-hmm. oh you got to eat a big slice of humble oh, pie. Oh, come yeah. on, man. Uh, yes, yeah. bro. So so recently, actually, it was tonight. My brother, my my brother, my my son made a mistake a couple of like maybe within this last week, mm-hmm. right? A mistake where where to me it was disappointing, you know, because I've I've talked to him before. We've had really good one on one talks, you know, and then so he's he's he he's exposed himself and been transparent, and I'm like, bro, I'm just. <laughs> I'm disappointed, man, because you, you, you know that, that you need to keep your guard up in, in certain areas in your life, Mm -hmm. especially when you're going through your, your, your teenage years and stuff like that. And just, just, just you just trying to be, you want to be treated as an adult and I want to treat you like as an adult, but I, but I need you to show me, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you can't just use the, well, I'm a teenager card when it's, when it's It's convenient, (laughs) when it's convenient to you. And we heard that, Mm -hmm. you know, recent, recently. And and so I uh, told him, hey, listen, you made a mistake. All right. Now, you you your mistakes are uh, they they have consequences, but it's not only consequences towards what what that how dad's going to discipline you, but also consequences, especially if you're like at work or if you're serving in a particular leadership capacity. Right. Hey, bro, there are people that are looking up to you. There are younger kids that are looking up to you. Our church, we're fortunate enough where our teenagers are being challenged by a lot of the leaders within our our congregation, and they're 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 given higher roles, roles of an adult, you know, be, because they show a desire to want to do something, you know, and I that's awesome. That's awesome. How how we invest in our youth, man. That's beautiful. That's something you're giving my kids something that I I'm never going to be able to give to them. Mm-hmm. 
which is in that capacity of being able to be a leader or or, or serve in in a certain ministry where you have the you are the one responsible, right? Mm-hmm. Different from me telling you your your chores to throw out the trash. Yeah. If you don't do it, hey, we gonna have some problems. That's you know, your neck. right? I'm taking away your PlayStation. You know, it's mm-hmm. different when you're in a different arena. So. He had made a mistake, and I was like, "You made this mistake. Now you got to go to your leader and let him know that that be, because you made a mistake like this, you know that that you are going to have to step away or or step down or just have a moment of reflection, and because you have to be man enough to admit when when you're wrong, and not only to me but to people that you serve under, and so." So, so something happened where he he was he was tested in his self control. And so check this out. He was he was sitting down resting, right? And then another kid, another teenager comes and and nut taps him. Oh lord. With his hat, you know, and he's resting and he's sitting down and he's got his eyes closed and imagine being woken up by somebody mm. Another man yeah. at that, too. Yeah, somebody that's your age, yeah. almost. You're within the same age range. Yeah. Mm. So he's telling me, he's like, I did this, or this happened. And I'm like, well, how'd you react? He's like, I got up and I punched him in the stomach. And I'm like, are you serious? And I've, I've, I've felt my son's punches. It's almost like a grown man hitting you. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I'm like, and then what happened? Like, now I'm scared. I'm like, oh, bro, did you guys brawl it out or what? You know? And so he's like, no, I punched him in the stomach because I just reacted or... You know, I got, I got up, and and so he he got in my face and he said, "You, you want to do something?" And so he's he's like, "Nah, man, I'm just, bro, you you don't do that, all right? I don't want to fight you because I don't I I I don't want you to take me there." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I heard about the situation late uh, later on. I saw that he practiced self control without me being there. Yeah, he practiced some integrity. Some character that without me being there, like without me holding his hand through it, he did it on his own. Yes. And so in him doing that, I'm like, you're learning, bro. And you're learning. And I need to learn to take my hands off you and let you make mistakes and not come on top of you when you do make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, I had a talk with him and I was like, you know what? I see that you're doing the best that you can. And you you were tested in your self control, and even though you reacted, you didn't follow through when this kid challenged you mm-hmm. afterwards and said you want to fight. He could have easily folded this kid up, right? But he chose not to, just because of the setting that they were in, because of the situation that was currently happening. He didn't want to interrupt what was going on. Yeah, and he's like, you know what? This isn't the time or the place. He recognized that on his own without me having to tell him. Mm-hmm. When he could have easily folded this kid up, and this kid definitely had it coming, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And so he held back, and in doing that, I was like, you know what? We're gonna handle your situation in house, and I'm proud of you, man. Proud he, dad moment. Yeah. It was a proud dad moment, bro. And I had to. So in 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 that way, even though I came down on him earlier in the week, kind of real heavy, where it's like, I can't believe you did this. I can't, you know, I'm so disappointed in you, and blah 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 blah. Now he's expecting. And and even with me coming down on him, this situation happened, and he was still able to practice self control. That's good. I'm like, man, that right there just showed me 
you just taught me something. I'm proud of you, son. Without <laughs> you even knowing. <laughs> yeah, get that yeah. Without him knowing, he taught me something. Yeah. And that's that uh, the same grace that was shown on me, that people show on me sometimes because I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's the same grace that we need to show our kids, man. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that that's what being a father is about. Mm-hmm. Is uh, being able to show that same grace and not just be that 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 heavy-handed fist, yeah, authoritarian that rules with an mm-hmm. iron. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so uh, I don't know how how we got there, but I just wanted to share that, man. Yeah. No, I that's we good. Could go on for days and days about that's good, and that and that kind of goes into what what Daniel was saying as well, where you teach your kids something, and they do it, and and they bring it to you, and they're like. This is what happened. This is what I did. That's exactly what you were just talking about. Mm. You taught him that, hey, you need to have self-control in these situations. And then he practiced it and he brought it to you. And you're like, wow, you actually did apply something that I taught you. Yeah, You're learning. That's awesome. So it lets me know as a dad that what I'm saying to you isn't falling on deaf ears and it's clicking. And And so I asked the question, you know, what about being a father do you enjoy the most? And and that's kind of it's kind of similar to what what Daniel's saying. What you're saying is teaching your kids something, and the moment that they get it, and you know it it's gonna stick, right? It it's like you know you you, you taught them this, and then now they understand the concept, and you feel that much better knowing that they have this in their in their um utility belt in their arsenal in their arsenal to use when they get out there in the world yeah my, man it's so awesome you know my daughter she you know will be laying in bed or something and then she'll point at my nose and go nose or mouth and mouth and eyes <laughs> and and it, it's just watching them grow and learn and explore life in a in a healthy environment with with my wife, myself, in a loving household, it's so rewarding, and it, it's one of it's one of the biggest um, factors in why I decided to step out of the military because I could have stayed in, I could have I would have been at I would have been at seventeen years right now if I stayed in. I did eight. I I've been out for eight, so I'd be in sixteen going on seventeen years. But how much time would you have? But missed? how much? How much would I have missed? What What would I have lost? And and I looked. I looked at my chiefs, my first classes, and I, and I saw that these guys had sacrificed not only their time into service, but they have also sacrificed their families. Yeah. And they're on their second marriage. You know, their kids call them by their first name, and you know, I, you know, you know. Hats off to you if you do that in your household, but. You know, me growing up, me calling my mom Crystal or something like that, I would have got punch, punched in my mouth. Like, that's just disrespectful. My mom's name is Crystal, by the way. Yeah, Daniel's yeah. wife's name is Crystal. <laughs> um, but, you know, saying, you know, calling my wife by her first name, I mean, my mom by her first name, that's a, that's a no-go. Yeah, that's a negative. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I see my, my leadership in the Navy, that was their lives, man. And, you know, they're out on the, on the water and they got their boat booze and stuff like that. And I'm just... I'm looking at it and I'm evaluating it and I'm like, hey, is this what I want? Do I want to continuously keep missing birthdays, anniversaries, first words, first steps, you know, you know, teaching my son how to ride a bike or 
or shoot a basketball. Do I, do I really want to give that up? No, I'd much rather step out, look outside of my Navy career, you know, take my eyes off of myself, which is something I think that you have to learn. You, you learn how to be selfless when you become a parent, or at least you should. Yeah. They, kids teach you how to think outside of your, look outside of yourself and, you know, put your, put your focus into, you know, pouring yourself into some, someone else, your kids and just being home, coming home every night or, you know, now that I work nights, being home during the day while they're in school, you know, helping them with school and, you know, you know, just watching being, them grow, being more intentional, yeah. being more intentional and you know what, being there, that's something that not only uh, in the military you see, but you see in regular careers, you do you know, career men, you yep. know, career leaders, lifers, you know, in mm-hmm. whatever your trade is, whatever your job is or whatever your hobby is, mm-hmm. because you could essentially uh, end up putting that, you know, and over one thing kid, is over your family, providing for your family. Yeah. I get it. But you could provide for your family so much that you could you lose your family. Right. Because that's not what that. they want. And you and know what that makes me think of, though, is you your kids are going to be influenced by somebody. Mm. So if you're not there, who are like they being in, in your by? in your uh, case, Ernie, you said your dad wasn't there. So who welcomed you with open arms? The street. Right. So you're going to be your kids are going to be influenced by somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not there. So I think that, that who's that teaching your really, kids yeah, who's in your absence. Your kids. Yeah, that's right. And so, so, so for me, that's the, that's the most rewarding thing about being, being a father. That's yeah. what I enjoy. Yeah. I, I enjoy those proud dad moments, man, where my kids, uh, and end up doing something on their own, uh, without me having to hold their hands. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And, and I do my best to, to let them know that, to recognize a proud dad moment and let them know that I am proud of them because I never received those words of affirmation from a man growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, the, um, I'm proud of you and, uh, the high fives. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. think there was, there, there was a book that I read by Martin Rooney, uh, called uh, coach to coach. And he says, he says, you, you got to learn the art of the high fives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an art to high fives mm-hmm. where it's you can you can motivate somebody so much that when you put your hand up for a high five, it's an F, it's a way, a symbol of you saying, I'm proud of you. You did good. Give me some. Mm-hmm. And you give him a high five. You can be a, such an effective leader to the point where and he's talking about men and he's talking to a man that's a coach for a football team that he's failing at, but he's starting to gain the, the men's trust and, mm-hmm. and motivation within that football team. And so he, he was being told or he, he was telling the coach, Hey, listen, you need to make those high fives a priority. And you will, you will have men that are willing to run through a building wall mm. just to give you one of those high fives when, high he sees, five. when he sees your hand go up. Yeah. You know, and that's, when when I read that, I was like, "Those are those proud dad moments that I need to be able to recognize, and not just, not not just say nothing and just leave it and hold it inside, mm. you know." Because I we there's been moments in the past where my son has done something and I've been proud of him, but you didn't tell him. I never vocalized it. Yeah. And so, how am I teaching him that that's what I like, mm-hmm. that that's what I approve of as a man? How am I showing my son 
what an approval of a man is. Yeah, and that could leave a wound because he's expecting uh, he might be some affirmation. Happy, he hears exa- nothing and he maybe feels the opposite. He's like, he's like, oh, okay. That's not then, good enough. Yeah, this isn't good enough mm. for him. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah. You, the, the, same, the, the same impact of positive that you can do with recognizing a proud dad moment, uh, attaboy, a uh, good job moment, or I'm proud of you moment, could, could be the same for the opposite of the negative, mm-hmm. the impact on a negative side that you could wounds wound the young man mm-hmm. yeah. man i love these conversations bro <laughs> i love these conversations man and you know that just makes me think of uh the flawed dad podcast man i love that name so much because it's true we because are flawed, we're flawed yeah. and it, it it really is a learning process i'm only 34 years old yeah i don't you know i i'm in the teenager teenager phase with only one of my kids i have four uh, i've yet to have grandchildren yet you know, I've yet to, um, you know, deal with my, my son, you know, looking to get his first apartment or watch my daughter get married. Like, there's things that I'm, I still haven't experienced. There's still things I haven't learned yet. But it's conversations like these that help men, you know, one, realize that it's a learning process and that it's okay to be imperfect as long as you're striving to do better. Right. You're not, you're not in this by yourself. You're not in this yeah. by yourself. You know, there is no such thing as a perfect dad. We're all flawed in some way. But as long as we keep having these conversations and we're working to improve ourselves and be the best, not, not just father, because anybody can be a father, but to be the best dad that you can be. Because dad is a great title to own. Yeah. Father is just simply saying that you're you, biologically the <laughs> sperm donor for this child. Yeah, right. that's true. But it is a, it's a great privilege to be called a dad. You know what I mean? That's right. With, with all your imperfections, man, and just learning and just being up on this journey of, of, of fatherhood, dadhood. You know, I, I've embraced it with the dad bod. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like it comes natural. It comes it natural, comes, man. Bro, the dad jokes come flowing in, man. And uh, it, it, it's just it's just awesome, man. I really appreciate this kind of stuff. No, yeah. You know, and it just reminds me of and, and I know that I that I quoted it before, but I, I didn't I didn't give it its proper reference. Proverbs uh, twenty seven seventeen man and uh, as sharp as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Mm-hmm. And that that was the uh, very motive of this podcast. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. helping helping to keep the balance. Mm-hmm. The name uh, was almost iron sharpens iron. Yeah, for yeah, the podcast, the but it was taken iron sharpens iron. But there's so many iron sharpens there iron out there, you know, yeah, that there's yeah. so many of them, and so we wanted to kind of leave this kind of broad and open ended for anybody to be able to come across this podcast mm-hmm. and be able to enjoy these meaningful conversations that we have, and hopefully it's encouraging to you as a listener, whether you're a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, you listen to this podcast, you came across it, and here here we are, just three men that are flawed, that are imperfect. Mm-hmm. And we're doing our best to keep a balance in our lives, man, and yeah. and trying to trying to be that anchor within our own families and yeah. within our own communities, mm-hmm. and hopefully try to make a difference. It's a fun yeah. journey. I think it's only uh, right to end it on, "What's your best dad joke?" <laughs> oh. oh, that's good, man. Oh, bro, I got one. If if you guys go ahead, go, go, go ahead, Daniel, right. go ahead. What do you call a fish with no eyes? What? <laughs> that's my go-to that's my go-to every time I, I got it. okay I got one I got one uh, why did the blind man fall into the well I don't he, know why did he 
He couldn't see that well. Mm. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I, like, I never heard that one. I never heard that one. I got another one, too. I got another one. Oh, all right, I got, I got one. Why Why didn't the uh, tissue make it across the road? Why? Because it got stuck in a crack. <laughs> oh, that kind of tissue. <laughs> I got another one. I got another one. I got another one. Uh, why, why did I wear two pair of pants to the golf course? Just what? in case I got a hole in one. I have one that I'm waiting for when my son's old enough. Yeah. Uh, but the, you know, the, the, the thing is I get a haircut, right? And he comes, he's like, wow, dad, well, you got a haircut. No, 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 son. I, I got them all cut. Not just one. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day. Too. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. I got, I got, I got, I got one. You got another one? Let's I go. Got, let's I go. Got another one. How do you, how do you make a, a, a tissue dance? How? You put a boogie in it. You know, this is boogie. fun. This is fun. Hey, you know, I got another challenge. You know, we did the, uh, we did the challenge last podcast with the uh, cash app thing. Now, for Father's Day, if you can, if you made it this far, we're two and a half hours into this podcast. I want to hear your best dad joke. Mm, So if you can drop a dad joke on our Twitter, Instagram, or email, that would be hilarious. Again, the Twitter and Instagram are at the KTB podcast and the the, Instagram. the email is ktbpodcast at gmail.com. Drop us your best dad joke. If you're a dad, no, you don't have to be a dad. Should, should, no, no, you got to be a dad. They got to be a dad, right? Telling dad jokes is a privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you earn <laughs> you gotta, dad jokes when you become right, a dad. Right, yeah, yeah. So if you're a dad and you've made it this far into the podcast, drop your best dad joke and we will uh, we'll post them on Instagram. That's right. We'll do that. We'll post them on Instagram. We'll, we'll post in, it in our story. In time, for, in time for Father's Day, we're going to throw out some. Some dad jokes, man. Yeah, I love dad jokes. That's awesome. Dad jokes are funny, man. Well, thank you guys though for having me on. This was nah, awesome. thanks, man. Thank for, you for being here, dude. Yeah, thank thank you for sharing your story, man. Yeah, to the, awesome to the, to the listeners and to the audience, you know, and uh, just being transparent. You know, mm-hmm. the com- conversations like these really, really can't uh, take off without uh, people being genuine. Yeah, yeah, and in their intention, you know, in just wanting to share and or being willing to be transparent enough. To share, you know. So, yeah. yeah, thank you, bro. Thank you, guys. You definitely contributed big time to this episode. Absolutely. And uh, you got anything else, man? I don't, man. Uh, I just want to everybody that's listening to this. If you're a father, happy Father's Day. Yeah, enjoy happy it. Father's Day. Enjoy it. Enjoy. Enjoy it. Kiss your kids. Make may your kids kiss you. <laughs> may your kids bring you scrambled eggs with cheese, two sausages, a waffle. And a nice hot cup of coffee to your bed before you even step foot onto the floor. Yeah, let them contribute. Father's Day morning. Let them contribute to that dad bod. Yes. Um, that's, uh, that's, yes. That's, that's a privilege right there. But Embrace you know what? It. A uh, special shout out, man, to the single mothers that yes. you're also serving the role as father. Absolutely. You know? And the, the single men that are serving both roles. Yep. You know, so so let me get a hand clap for these, for these single ladies and single men yep. for Father's Day. God bless you guys, and I pray that you guys just continue to move move forward. And I, I know that your kids will be able to recognize that absolutely as they get older. You know, just work with them, yeah. help them. You know, 
and uh, learn from them too. Yep. yep. Let's let's be intentional this next year, this Father's Day. You know, with com- conversations like these, let's not let them just kind of kind of stay there. Let's mm-hmm. be more intentional in us trying to be fathers, trying to be role models, in, getting involved in this generation that we live in today. Yeah, where most men are willing to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. Let's fatherless generation. Yeah. yeah, let's let's stand up and let's lead the charge, man. And just keep moving forward. Let's do it. Ah, who? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> With that being said, KTB out. Later. If you like what you just heard and you want to support the podcast, consider becoming a patron. Head on over to patreon.com backslash the KTB podcast and become a patron today. All of your support will go to improving the viewing and listening experience. Thank you for your support. It is much appreciated.